Today on the Get Ranked Movie Podcast, the guys rank their top 10 Batman villains that are not the Joker. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! All falls apart, Batman. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Get Ranked Movie Podcast, where we take a look at a topic from pop culture and give you our opinions on our favorites. Um, I am one of your hosts, Cody, and back from the dead is my co-host. Behold, for I have risen. I am Nick. Back from the dead. That's right. So, yes, yes, last week we had a solo episode because uh, Nick came back from the trip sick because of all the tourists. I truly think so. Like, I felt fine the whole car ride back to back home when we were on our way home. Mm-hmm. Felt fine. Uh, the minute I, on the ride uh, from uh, the Burger King we stopped at to home, I started feeling terrible. I don't know if it was just getting out and stretching our legs for an extended period of time or what, but like it just hit me. And by the time the I got King. home, actually, no, it was the Taco Bell. <laughs> no, I, got, I, got I Taco ate Bell. at the Burger King. And you <laughs> ate at the Taco got, Bell. It was before I even ate it. I didn't eat it till I got home. I don't like eating in the car. I just I can't do it. But it, like I got home and I ate, and then as the day wore on, I just was like, oh my god, what the hell? I just feel terrible. Like and it was all sinus. Like, it was no flu. It was just a sinus, a good old sinus cold, you know. But yeah, um, super I allergies. Exactly. And, I, and and just, you know, we were outside a lot later in that trip. Oh, yeah. And like you said, there's a lot of people around us. So it doesn't surprise me. I'd rather get sick now than in the fall. Um, I usually am good for one one this time of year. So I'll, I'll take it now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I probably could have recorded last week with you, but it would have been, I wouldn't have talked much. And where's the fun in that? So right. <laughs> kind rather, of what we're rather have you not talk at all than strain exactly. yourself talking. Exactly. And really, that's the whole point of the show is talking. So mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but as as Cody said at the beginning, or as or as I said at the beginning here, uh this week we're doing our top ten Batman villains that do not include the Joker because we wanted to make it a little more fun because odds are both our number ones would be the Joker. <laughs> yeah, so looking at it, this is really our eleven through two. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and we want to quantify that. Our lists are not just movie-based. You know, I know we're a movie podcast, but as Cody said last week, our title is a movie podcast, but we're a pop culture podcast. We've talked about video games, we've talked about movies, we've talked about television. This week, we're kind of talking about everything Batman villain-related. So, so my comic I, books. Exactly. I know my list is going to be based around, so if I have this specific villain, he's on here because of my thoughts on all the representations of that villain, whether that be the comics, TV, movies, video games even. There'll be a lot of video game talk today. Um, so I we thought that'd that. be kind of yeah, so we thought it'd be kind of fun to do do an episode like this where it's not solely we're not solely picking you know this villain because this portrayal was fantastic. That might be some of it, but you know my, I know my list, like I said, is a lot of overall. I like that villain's story or that villain's character arc or character traits. You know, so I think this is going to be a fun a fun and, week. And I'll conf- I'll confess a little bit um, as I was looking through. It's like. I wasn't sure I actually knew that enough <laughs> villains to fill this list. So I was, you know, go- going through the rogues gallery, looking through information. And I may not have a lot of 
like source material other than like what I have found of their backstory online. And I mean, there's a couple of these that I mean, I truly have on there mainly for the backstory and just the concept of the villain too. Yeah. So, which um, is fun. Because yeah, which I, is fun learning about like these things as we're putting a list together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like kind of like doing the research where okay, this week we're doing this, so I got to watch this movie to see if it's on my list. You know, so it's kind of fun to hear that you went and you did some research on some villains and that you added them because of that. I think that's right. cool. And I did actually watch one movie in did preparation really? for this episode. We'll get to that when we get to my list. Okay. Yeah, I have some honorable mentions and a, a few come from some stuff like that. So, but. And I'm actually writing my honorable mentions down for once so I don't forget to actually talk about them. <laughs> Cody! You have any news? Um, I don't really have that much big movie news that I've seen. Um, I may have been, I may have missed something. Um, Nick, have I missed something big? There really isn't anything big. The the big thing, I guess, that come out over the last week or so was, or last couple weeks, really, um, was, have you heard of the movie The Hunt? I have not heard of The Hunt. So the movie The Hunt was a movie being made by Blumhouse and distributed by Universal. And it was a movie, uh, it was another one of Blumhouse's low-budget thriller films. It's a movie about uh, this group of people who get kidnapped. It's basically a new retelling of the, the most dangerous game. So these people get kidnapped, and one side is more, they, ha- they don't really come out and completely call them conservatives or the right, but it's kind of implied that it's, it is. And they've kidnapped uh, the left, some people from the left. And basically, you're going to hunt them. And through the course of the movie, they're going to fight back and go after their captors. You know, it's the most dangerous game. Okay. It, it literally is the story of the most dangerous game. They're just kind of adding some more fun, uh, real-world, modernized uh, stuff to it. And, and apparently, they don't explicitly come out and say, like, it's the right and the left. It's implied, and it's all supposed to be fun. And the directors even come out and said that wasn't necessarily his intention. It was just supposed to be a fun movie where you could put your own thoughts into it. Well... As is such, the internet gang piled, piled onto this movie. Uh, the right, the extreme right, piled onto this movie and basically said, this is nothing but people going against conservatives because people hate them nowadays because of Trump and blah, blah, blah. You know, the same bullshit that always comes out when this stuff happens. You know, the same deal they went after all these other groups over the past couple years. And so Universal, in fear, pulled the movie from release. It's not being released now. And so that's pretty much like a big news story that happened the last week that it showed that like a small group of assholes online that, oh, my God, it goes like I'm so angry at movie. I I might be a conservative. That's bad. You should not release it. Basically got a massive film studio to say, yep, okay, we're not doing it. And I think that's a very scary precedent that they that that was just started. Yeah. And I mean, think, you know, and also thinking about it or it can be released direct to Netflix like the interview was when everyone was terrified of that movie actually being released. Yeah. As of right now, they still have, they have no plans to release it. I read an interview with Jason Blum who said he himself said that he's hoping that eventually the movie will be released at some point in some form. So I'm betting that's going to be what it is. They'll buy the rights maybe and pop it on Netflix or something. But I just hate that a small group of people can screw something over. It's like, if you don't like the plot of this movie or TV show or video game or book, what have you, Skip you it. don't have to see it. Exactly. You don't have to go. It's the same deal. Literally, I just, you know, we're going to talk some video games. Uh, Dead by Daylight, a horror game that I absolutely love. I've played it for a few years now. Just announced today their next uh, DLC is Stranger Things. I saw that. Related. 
The next killer is going to be the Demogorgon, and we're getting two survivors and Nancy and Steve, which is awesome. That's great. And I've seen a lot of people commenting on posts about, this is just stupid. I watch Stranger Things. This, this, sh- this game just jumped the shark. Fantastic. Don't buy the DLC. <laughs> like, I just don't get the mentality of these people that see a trailer of a movie that's not even out yet. You literally have seen one trailer for The Hunt, and you don't like what it's about, and they're going to throw a hissy fit and get a studio to not release it. Don't go see it. And people are like, this is crazy. Movies about people hunting people. I'm not. That's ridiculous. Our country's terrible. Okay. Uh, Hunger Games, The Purge, (laughs) The Most Dangerous Game. I mean, these movies, these are the same people that went out in droves probably to go see The Hunger Games. It's the same plot. Yep. It's just because there might be a little political uh, uh, tinge to the story here or whatever. Like, it's just, it infuriated me that, that they kowtowed to these people that were complaining online. I find it funny that we're talking about the most dangerous game, just completely off topic. Today at work, we had, it was, you know, animal print slash safari day. We're doing a, a spirit week like thing at work just, just for fun. And I went the safari <laughs> side of it just for fun. And I went the safari yeah. side of it. I'm wearing a full khaki outfit. I had my pith helmet on today. I could have walked out into the most dangerous game and fit in as a hunter. That'd be fantastic. So you were basically the hunter from Jumanji. That's what everyone one. told me this morning. I looked like I was from Jumanji. <laughs> You're the hunter. Actually, one person told me I look like Jack Black from Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, he's got the same hat. That's right. He's wearing khaki in the hat. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you got to uh, act like an 18-year-old spoiled little girl. Or Don, Don Danny Glover. <laughs> no, he plays he, Danny no. Glover's Kevin Hart. No, he plays the football star, the black guy. Oh, okay. I, I haven't kept he plays the character Kevin Hart played in the first one. Oh, okay. So you still need to watch Welcome to the Jungle. I do still need to watch Welcome to the Jungle before I see. Uh, Absolutely. Back in action. That's Looney Tunes. <laughs> action. Uh, what is it? The next level? The next I level, think, yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and I will most likely actually see that in theaters because, I mean, they're not a sponsor, oh, yeah. but I will push that Regal Unlimited is awesome. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I, Why not? I, I told you, if I had a theater that was near me that did the subscription thing, oh, you bet your ass I'd be doing it. That's a oh, great yeah. deal. I, mean, I, studio, I, remember, I saw two movies this weekend. Yeah, I remember when they announced that. The first time I ever heard about that was maybe about five or six years ago. I forgot what company, what theater movie chain Pass did it. Was it, might been a, it, might, it wasn't Movie Pass. It might have been AMC. They have a big um, one, yeah. Yeah, which I have an AMC near me, but it sucks, so I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, See, but, I kind of jumped in... I remember thinking it was a fantastic idea. Like, I wish the theater, one of the theaters around here, I almost thought about emailing one of the theaters I go to and saying, hey, when, when are you guys going to do this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if an NCG opened that up, that'd be perfect, too. But, oh, absolutely. I, mean, I kind of jumped in with both feet on this one. Because I had never been to the theater, actually. <laughs> I had never what? seen a movie yeah. in that theater. So I, I got the pass, went in, and I did not realize how small the theaters are like i actually sat there before the movie started because they played seven trailers that was outrageous <laughs> there was Another 22 reason, minutes of trailers I, I don't honestly i love movies but i hate going to the theater nowadays well like, and that's I one of the detective pikachu there was only one trailer before it when well, i went and saw blinded by the light this weekend there were seven trailers <laughs> well, like i've said before like the way alamo draft house does it your movie starts at seven o'clock the trailers start 15 minutes before. Your movie right. starts at the time it's scheduled to start. Do right. that. You know, like, I, I, if you want to see trailers, arrive early. You know what I mean? Like, I hate a movie starts at 7 and I try to plan, you try to plan your night. You know, let's say you want to go to dinner afterwards. Okay, our movie's at 7, it's two hours. Okay, we'll eat at, well, let's all plan to eat at, you know, 
9 or 9.15, whatever. Yeah. You can't because your movie's going to go to like 9.30. Right. <laughs> Once and, you get through the trailers and the commercials and the advertisement for the actual theater and the no cell phone mm-hmm. ad, you know, it's it's just outrageous, the preamble to all these movies now. But during that, during those trailers, I was sitting there and I actually counted the seats because I was kind of getting mm-hmm. bored. Um, yeah. Each theater or the both of the theaters that I was in was only like 120 seats. Mm-hmm. That that was it. There was it. Oh, it's tiny. nice. You can get your tickets online. I can get my tickets online. Yeah. Uh, pick my seat, and it's all assigned Absolutely. seating there. And I that's my favorite thing about where I go over here. It's assigned mm-hmm. seating. I buy them online. I know I don't have to get there till two minutes before. <laughs> exactly. It's made it so much nicer to not have to rush to the theater to make sure you're getting a good seat. I love it. And also, both movies there was like 15 people in the theater. <laughs> They were, it was both you know, really quiet. Un, I mean, unfortunately <laughs> for the first one I saw, but I mean, yeah, the other Sarah movie was about out for four weeks, yeah. five weeks. Well, what's funny is that, you know, you, you said you were bored counting the seats. I, I did the same thing watching while watching The Lion King. I counted the speakers in our I theater. remember you mentioned that. <laughs> because I was so bored. I'm like, oh, my God, there's a lot of speakers on the ceiling. Well, let's see how many there are. <laughs> <laughs> so we can I mean, um, I can I can start there. I saw The Lion King this weekend, the remake. Yeah. What'd you think? Um. So I don't think I hated it as much as you did. I can definitely see, like, it's just, I I mean, I was watching when they were doing uh, Circle of Life at the beginning. It was shot for shot. The ants going in, fo- in out of focus behind. In front like, of... I told you that, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, I had just watched the animated one, like, the night before. So, like, it was ingrained in my head. And, yeah, it's. And I will say before you continue, like this, there I I did not like this movie, but there were moments that really got a good reaction on me, and that whole opening brought me to like to tears. Like, it was oh, fantastic. Yeah. And I cried when Mufasa died again. Oh yeah, me too. Yet again. Um, and so yeah, there was. I mean, a few things. I don't. I still don't know how I feel about the Timon and Pumbaa. What they changed in this for them. Some of their lines were a little out there, like the whole "You gained four hundred pounds mm-hmm. during that song." Uh, I I did love the part the the be our guest. Uh, that was funny. And I don't remember that being in the original. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, but yeah, and then a couple other things. I I I knew it was going to happen, but I was kind of not annoyed. I I was just kind of I I don't know how I felt about them. They added a song just so Beyonce could sing more. No, it's for so they can win an Oscar. Yeah. To get an original the, the song. The only way to be nominated, yeah, is to have an original song. That's why you see so many of these remakes or whatever add new add songs. Like Aladdin added a new song. Like they do it purely, yeah. So then when Oscar, Oscar season comes, they can be nominated. And and I didn't like the use of Beyonce's song in that moment because I love in the original movie, that's the moment where they're playing one of my favorite musical cues from the score. The dun 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 as he's running back to Pride Rock, and it was ruined by this just really terrible Beyonce song. Right. And I mean, other other than that, I, I enjoyed the movie. It's it's hard to mess up the Lion King. It's such a great movie in its in and of itself. It's a great story. Um it's Hamlet. Did, did you feel any emotion from any of the scenes? I mean, yes, Mufasa's death is still sad because it's still an animal being trampled. It's still a, a gut punch moment. Mm-hmm. But did you feel any emotion during scenes? I mean, I laughed at a couple a couple bits, but as far as like the emotion, but was that because? But was that because of what was being said? That was what was being said. Correct. Like that's funny. If it's something being said, like I love the line when Pumbaa says, you know, about the stars, they're gaseous, you know, lights, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. You know, like he's actually actually says it. Like that's funny. But there's no emotion in moments where like you should, you know, what what do you what do you think? Right. It was so. I mean, there was a couple like 
how you the the animals themselves they don't show emotion uh, there was a couple spots where i could see fear but that was the only emotion that i could pick out and i think that was just because they look scared anyway all the time <laughs> I, I don't know exactly how else i can articulate that but they, i i could see like the fear in the eyes when mufasa yeah. dies and when yeah he gets the his hand his claws in his hand his paws whatever but um, then they completely ruin that moment with the no emotion of long live the king King. yeah that was the delivery on that was poor um seeing the be prepared scene i mean i was okay with the song on the soundtrack seeing the scene it didn't do it for me um i I, Mm -hmm. he's just jumping from rock to rock i thought the (laughs) i thought can't wait to be king was beautiful Oh, that was great. All the yeah, animals really and all the everyone jumping around, all the f- birds flying. And... Like I said, when it hits those moments that you really love in the first one, like when it really hits, and it's mostly around the songs. Exactly. You know, is when it really, I enjoyed it. Like, like I said, I, I didn't really like completely hate this movie. Like, I'll get it when it comes out just to have it. Like, I, oh, I yeah. enjoyed it enough for that reason. I just hate its existence <laughs> because of the fact <laughs> that they decided to remake it so realistic that they just zapped all the emotion out of it and the Lion king is one of the most emotional disney stories and there's so much you can get out of it right and i just felt like they just completely ruined that but when it does do those musical moments circle of life just can't wait to be king uh hakuna matata like there is a big old grin on your face where it's like this is fun this oh is yeah Lion i was singing along I yeah i was like, singing along to everything i sung along to back when i zazu was is good zazu is great like john oliver's great you know the 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 movement of the beak was a little. I get that. A little funky. Instance, yeah, it's another instance of trying to be too realistic. So, you know. But like all the all the rest of the animals, their mouths moved naturally, mm-hmm. and then there's just Zazu with his beak flapping. Mm-hmm. But. But yeah. So, so overall, you give it a ten out of ten. Uh, <laughs> six out of ten. Yeah, it's about right. <laughs> But I think that's what I put. So. All right, Cody, what else did you say? I saw Blinded by the Light, which, um, again, this was a movie that was, a, it was a Sundance Film Festival movie, and it didn't get much publicity that I saw. Um, I saw enough to be interested in it. Um, so what it is, it's about this uh, Pakistani immigrant family um, who's, the, the son is basically trying to I don't want to say break the mold, but he's trying to understand what what he's gonna what he needs wants to do in his life. He wants to write. His dad wants him to be, uh, become um, successful in in a field that's more traditional than just writing. And he, so it's a, it's a very traditional Pakistani family, and they're living in um, a suburb of London. I don't know if it's a suburb. I think it's further out than a suburb because um, he's always dreaming about going to London. And he gets this diary and he writes in it every day. And it cuts from like the first scene in the movie to I think it's six or seven years later. And he's got just a shelf of full diaries. Um, And he just writes and he's writing like songs for his friend who's in a band. His friend is played by um, Tom and Baratheon, which I did not realize until uh, I looked it up afterwards. Um, Dean Charles Chapman. Who the hell is that? That Tom and Baratheon from Game of Thrones. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, I thought I heard Baratheon. I heard you thought you said Baratheon, but I, I guess I just I don't. That it's not a character that instantly jumps to mind. No, he it, it just jumps out windows. Um, okay. 
Spoiler. Now, so at some point, he wakes up in a world where Bruce Springsteen doesn't exist, and he writes all the songs now, right? No. That's yesterday. Oh, that's that. That's the Beatles movie. That's the Beatles there's, one. There's, there's too many of these. So this is the one where one of his... Uh, the only other South Asian student uh, that he becomes... And then he becomes friends with them basically turns him on to Bruce Springsteen. And he realizes, or thinks at least, that Bruce is like writing exactly like how he feels um so basically he becomes obsessed with bruce springsteen and i mean it's and it really is a heartwarming story he ends up finding a girlfriend and exposes her to bruce springsteen because this is like 10 15 years after springsteen's actual popularity so everyone thinks it's um old school music this is the music your dad listened to and uh but I mean, it was a very artistic movie. I will say that it was. Um, now, is it a is it a straight musical to where like they'll be talking and then break out into a Springsteen song? No, it is not a or musical. Or is he like? Oh, he, it's not a musical. It, okay, I, thought I mean, it, it is a. It is a, They do sing the Bruce Springsteen songs, but they're singing like it them. Forming it or something. That more or less, yeah. Because so, like he he they're come, not bringing out the song and dance with jazz hands. No, there are a couple scenes where the people around them do start dancing along with them, but it, it's it's not played as a musical. It's played as they're singing the song to somebody or for somebody, and then everyone you know gets gets into it around them, and um, so and then some scenes there's just like the music playing over the actions of the movie, and uh, there are some scenes where like the words of the song show up around him, and I thought those were actually really cool scenes. Um, but and there now, someone like me who is not a fan of Bruce Springsteen would I enjoy this movie? I think you could make it through the movie. Um, there's <laughs> but a lot. Would of... I enjoy it? That's the kicker. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I I think okay. you would. Um, there were a handful of songs that they played that I didn't know, but it was still they were still good music. Good music. Um, okay. and like, I mean, I really, I like Bruce Springsteen, the ones that, what I've heard of him. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, and they're also dealing with the other stuff, like the, the people trying the, I mean, the, they're like some of the first Pakistani families in this area and like people are really racist trying to get rid of them. And mm-hmm. uh, they're, it's all the dealing with that, dealing with his, his family being as traditional, dealing with finding love, dealing with, uh, He's in, I think he's 16 or 17 in the movie, in like an early college-like uh, environment. I don't think it's a high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's yeah, again, it's a very artistic movie. I I really do enjoy, I really did enjoy it for being a drama. It was, I, I cried. I will admit that. Um, I cried you at were the blind, end. You were blinded by the light. I was blinded by the light, yes. And I think it's hilarious that they used blinded by the light for the title because yeah it's not uh, he's that's the version that's most famous is not his it's not his his version his version bruce springsteen's version bombed and manfred mann is who made that song as popular as it was manfred's bands charted when bruce springsteen's did not but um it's funny it was a very good movie i would if i needed if i needed to rate it on a scale of one to ten i would probably give it an eight or a nine honestly um, cool. This is one of those movies I, I this is like one of those movies that you see nominated for an Oscar, but like nobody saw the movie. 
Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. <laughs> and I feel like this will at least get nominated for some Oscars. I, I feel like this has Oscar. I don't. I won't say you know best picture, but no original songs. No original songs. Um, but I'd say like choreography. Okay. The um, only thing I would say going against that is it's August. Yeah. It might be too far from Oscar voters. Oscar voters' attention spans are really small. Right. So everything Oscar worthy is going to come out in November. November, December. <laughs> yeah. For the most part, it's it's not you know it's, that's that's the way it goes. Sadly, I mean, yes, you do get outliers here or there, but something small like this, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, there are a lot of movies that do come out like that. That's like that should, but they don't because the Oscars they're kind of stupid. Yeah, and it was I mean a lower budget. It was a fifteen million dollar budget. It had um, a couple medium name actors like dean charles chapman um the lady that played peggy carter i can't remember her name uh Haley atwell Haley atwell okay uh and you know a couple others uh but again i think i think we'll see something about it in the oscars and it was based on a true story and like at the very end it shows like the real person which i thought I, I I found it funny. One of the crowd scenes, I thought I saw somebody who looked like Mark Ruffalo with darker skin. And like during the credits, it shows like a picture of the real Javid. And it, that's who it was. It was, it looked just look at Mark Ruffalo with darker skin. <laughs> and I, the Hulk. So the Hulk, the Hulk. Yes. <laughs> um, but again, I, I really enjoyed this movie. It was not, okay. I mean, I, it was mostly it was a lot of me testing out the unlimited app and just kind of going in picking a movie that was playing next and it did look interesting to me from the the one trailer I saw for it and I mean I took a chance and it was well worth it. Good deal. I probably so, see it again if I even if I didn't have unlimited. Yeah. So I watched a movie uh that is a musical as well about a real life person. I watched Rocket Man. Okay. And Full disclosure, I like Elton John. I'm not a big fan of Elton John in terms of like I don't know a lot of his songs. I know I know I know enough. Um it's but not like you know, what obviously you knew of Queen. well before our time. Exactly. Queen, you know, going into Bohemian Rhapsody, I was very excited. I love Queen. I grew up on on Queen. Elton John was more like I I've not I love Elton John, what I know of him, but I didn't I don't know a lot of his songs, you know. So when this was coming out, I had no interest in seeing it. Um but now that it's out on digital, I watched it and uh it's damn good. <laughs> That's a good okay. movie. It's really good. Um, I ain't going to like a long-winded review. I'll oh, go ahead. I, I've been I've been wanting to see it. I know I mm-hmm. I saw it on digital. Yeah, so um, like I said, I'm not going to go into a long-winded review or whatever. It's it's been out since I don't know whatever, probably April or something. But um, no, it's really good. Uh, it's another instance of them using music in a way that's not what you expect. It's kind of strange because like the movie kind of starts. For like the first twenty minutes, it has like a traditional musical where people kind of like break out and singing his songs and stuff and dancing around. But like at the twenty minute mark, when he kind of starts becoming like an adult and like trying to make his music and and become famous in like L.A. and stuff, that stops. It goes back to the, really the only times you hear his songs for the most part are when he's performing them or they're just used in background moments. You know. Okay. Um, but no, it's it's damn good. It's uh, it definitely it's kind of cool because you know he was still alive and you he is still alive and so you'd think that with him producing it they'd kind of shy away from some stuff and they don't which I appreciate I like he wanted, that he, he wanted his story to be told yep 
And I like that. I like that he was like, no, tell it all and all of its ups and downs. And that, and that was good. And the music's great. Taron Edgerton is fantastic. It's all him singing the whole movie. I saw some reviews online after I watched it of people being mad. It's just, you know, it's another instance of people commenting and being stupid. It's just stupid. Why did they have Elton just have him lip sync Elton John, Taron Edgerton, blah, blah, blah. He's very good. And Elton John himself come out and said he didn't want that. He wanted an actor who could sing his songs, and he didn't want an actor lip syncing his music. He thought that'd be strange. So right. it was his choice to have Taron Edgerton sing. And he's a really good singer, and I've listened to you know, a few. I have, uh, my mom had watched it. And I asked her, I said, what'd you think of Rock Man? What'd you think of him singing? And she goes, I didn't realize it wasn't Elton John. <laughs> you know? That's so, good. no, I, rec- I, I recommend it. it it's, 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 a, it's a damn good movie. That's catchy as hell. You know, I remember, musically happy. Like, right after it came out on digital, like, whenever something comes out on digital, you see, like, the clips analyzed mm-hmm. on Reddit. And yeah. like, one of the scenes that I saw was, I don't know what song it was for, but they, like, put the song in the movie side by side with the original Elton John music video. And it was, like, shot for shot perfect. There was a couple spots where, like, he moved at different times. Like, he did a dance move a little bit delayed uh, in one. But other than that, like, the music video, he, like, they recreated the music they're, video. They're, they're, yeah, that, that's that's at the end of the movie. Uh, is is the only time you actually see the music, um, one of his music videos. And, yeah, they digitally put uh, Taron Edgerton in it. Everything else is the original video. But you can tell oh. he's added it. Yeah, oh, no, I didn't realize it was is actually no. That's the original video. You can tell looking at the quality of it. Like you watch it, okay. Everything else is original. You can just tell. You can tell he. It looks a little too clear for the image, but they do try to doctor it and make it okay. look a little older. But they digitally add him, and it's um, I'm still standing. Is the song? Which fun fact? Uh, Taron Edgerton sang that in the movie Sing, the animated movie. You're right. When he played the gorilla. He sings that in that. So it was kind of funny that he went on to play Elton John, and it's like one of the best moments in the movie in, oh, wow. in Rocket. And then real quick, uh, because we're going long before we get to our top 10, I watched uh, Ma, the horror thriller movie Ma okay. with Octavia Spencer. And it's fun. It's a fun thriller. That's, it's one of the ones that I, I thought looked really interesting, again, cause mm-hmm. I, but I don't you know, like the horror thriller it's, jumpy it's not, stuff. There's, no, there's maybe one jump scare. Okay. The, the movie's a thriller. It's, it's, it's a full-on like fatal attraction type thriller it's it's not a horror film okay i've, um, I've been meaning to watch it I, I wanted to see it in theaters when like when i mm-hmm. first saw the the trailer for it i mean octavia spencer is a fantastic actress oscar-winning actress mm-hmm. and um yeah it's to see her play like the murderous uh-huh. which is how <laughs> they came like about the, the director is the guy that directed the help <laughs> Okay. with which she's in, you know, and apparently it was his idea. He had, he had said to her on set while filming that he would love to have make, he wanted to make a really effed up movie. That was his words. I want to make a really effed up movie for once and no <laughs> one ever offers them to me. And he's friends with Jason Blum and told him, I'd love to make a really effed up movie. If you get one, let me know. And Blum told him, well, I just got a script yesterday that maybe you're interested in. So he read it and loved it. And Octavia Spencer, I told him, I want to be in a movie some point where I'm the star and it's something different. I'm sick of being, you know, like, I love the roles I'm getting, but I want to do something different where, you know, where I'm leading the role and it's something strange or different. He called her immediately and said, I have the script. Here's what it's about. Without reading it, she said, I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, it's, um, it's a fun movie. It's really messed up. They weren't wrong. <laughs> okay. But it's good. And she is fantastic at playing those, like, turn on a dime mood swings you know like one minute you're like this woman is, is fun she's goofy and the next minute you're like you need to get out of that house <laughs> you know uh but no i recommend it if you just want a good thriller uh really messed up thriller but a good thriller with really good performances i recommend ma 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 so all right so with all that out of the way all that fun preamble of the you know that we tried to cram in because we 
didn't talk news we for a couple weeks. We didn't talk anything last week, and now we're already longer than last week's episode was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're going to move on to our top ten. As we as said at the top of the episode, this week's uh, theme, for no other reason than it just sounded fun, is the top ten, bat, top ten Batman villains that are not the Joker. And as we said, this can be all-encompassing. It's not just one specific, I picked this villain portrayed portrayal from this movie or this show ever. It's all-encompassing, I like that villain. Um, mm-hmm. I, You know, we've, I've said before, I'm a huge Batman fan, so this list was fun for me because I had a whole long rogues gallery to choose from. And you did too, but for me, knowing you all the You actually know all the gallery, rogues gallery. Exactly, you know. Um, I've been a long-time Batman fan, so I had a lot of knowledge to pull from, and it, it was really fun to do to do something different like this where it's not movie specific it's it's more comic based you know mm-hmm. exactly and again yeah. since i i mean i know very little of the source material a lot of mine is just from you know articles online uh wikipedia comicbook.com just other other and resources movie knowledge and, and, and the movies that i've seen and uh what little bit i remember of the tv shows absolutely um, i really need to play the arkham games oh you do i'll say oh, that again do. Absolutely. You can get uh you can get the uh HD Return to Arkham remasters of uh Arkham Asylum and Arkham City on the PlayStation Store pretty cheap. That's not bad. And then Those Arkham Knights for PC. Um yeah. I want to say they did because I think when the third one came out Arkham Knight had a lot of problems. And I don't know if I think they pulled it and I don't know if they ever re-released it fixed. Okay. So you might want to check out. Yeah, that, I do but... see Arkham Asylum is on Steam for twenty bucks right now. Arkham yeah, Collection fifty nine ninety nine. All that's why. Four games. Yeah, you need to check. Yeah, Arkham Origins is fine, but the the big ones are Asylum City and Night. They were the ones that were made by the actual like studio made all three of those. Actually, that's what the that's what the bundle is. As- Asylum City Night and then the Night Season Pass. Oh, okay. Because Origins, Origins is fine, but it was a different studio. Yeah, but I would double check the, the PlayStation Store because I know a lot of times Return to Arkham, which is the first two, is pretty cheap, and Arkham Knight's pretty cheap. You might be able to get all three for much less than sixty bucks. Yeah, and I mean Steam goes on sale, but you don't get the season pass. But you know, like, whatever. But anywho, for those of you anywho. who are new to the show and don't know how it works, here's how it works. Every week, Cody and I pick a top ten. And then we both go our separate ways and create our own person. Or we pick a we pick a topic for our top ten. We don't blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Cody, for the love of Christ, cut all of that out. Nope. <laughs> I think I'm having I think I'm having a stroke. I'm still sick. I'm dying. It's it's just terrible. All right. So for those of you who are new to uh, blah blah blah, Cody, you tell it. For those of you that are new to the show, we take a topic um, of our choosing, um, whatever it may be, based on pop culture of any sort sometimes we base it on what's coming out sometimes we base it on what's happening in the world uh sometimes we just pick something out of seat of our pants so this week is one of those but we take our list and or we take our topic and go our separate ways and make a top 10 list when we come back together we discuss it and just talk about it live on the air who knows what we don't know what each other's lists are it's totally blind to each other so there's, you know, conversation, there's fighting, there's arguing, there's laughing, there's crying. We all have a good time. Nick, what do you say? I'm happy. I'm ready. And here we go. Cody, it looks like here it's your week to go first. I'll take based it. Based on our normal, you know, back and forth. Whatever. <laughs> based on not skipping weeks because someone's sick. That's um, right. I went first last week, though. No. Um, yeah. Anyway, so my number 10, I'm going to start off with a nice big cheat. <laughs> okay, not a great start, but go ahead. <laughs> Would you have it any different? So, my number 10... Yes! 
<laughs> no, I'm joking. Go ahead. So my number ten. Um, this this was the movie that I, I or from a movie that I I, I struggled to watch it. Um, so my number ten is Superman. No, I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay, so it I, is a cheat, but you know what? I'll take it. It's it, it's it's fine the way it, it, they do it. And if well, tell your reason first, and I'll go into it. So I. Well, first of all, I actually watched BVS for this. Um, I watched it last night before I realized that um, the the digital that I got was the ultimate edition. No, the ultimate edition is better. Yeah, but it's the better it's the better version if there is one out there. Okay, um, but I I will say the movie did not keep my attention as well as it should have, so I may have missed some plot points. Um, but I, Superman is, I mean, so the Batman versus Superman. It was an interesting concept that I had not actually heard of. I know they did it in the comics, probably, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's what I was going to get into. So I I didn't know the source material. And when the f- movie first came out, I didn't know the whole um, concept behind it. And then watching it last night... Um, so yeah, Superman is basically becoming, you know, who who's, who who watches The Watchmen. <laughs> That, that that's what I got out of it um, was that this this man is too powerful to be left unchained and what are we gonna do about it and Batman kind of goes on his own to stop him and he, like the fighting between between them was I mean I, I thought the fights were awesome even in the like the super mech Batman suit that's more than really the only way you can fight Superman it really is um, with that the uh, kryptonite, kryptonite grenades grenades yeah yeah weak weaken them um, so I mean the seeing the the two the two titans of dc fight um it was definitely uh it 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 made it interesting and um i know like the death and life of superman and the death of superman here again not that superman was dead i guess um because they made made another movie yeah but they brought him back he was technically dead right um but i mean i and I'll, i'll i mean i I did enjoy a few parts of the movie, but it was a struggle to watch, to be perfectly honest. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Superman is the Man of Steel. He is uh, probably the, one of the strongest actual enemies that Batman has fought. I mean, if had he not had a weakness, Batman would have been done. So, the precedent from this came from a comic from the 80s called The Dark Knight Returns, which is usually lauded as one of the best Batman comics of all time, graphic novels of all time. Okay. It's written by Frank Miller. Uh, who was a really good uh, graphic novelist. And it was kind of one of the things that kind of brought Batman into what we know Batman today, which is kind of the darker, grittier Batman. And okay. so in that comic, it is set... It's kind of, they, Actually, Batman vs. Superman kind of follows Dark Knight Returns a lot. It's kind of what they said was their inspiration for a lot. So that's why Ben Affleck's supposed to be a little older in that. Because in Dark Knight Returns, it's set in a world where Bruce Wayne's like in his 60s. And this new threat comes to Gotham, and he comes out of retirement to be Batman again. To stop them, no matter what, basically, at, at, no matter what the cost. And so the government doesn't want him doing this. And Ronald Reagan sends Superman. Yes, Ronald Reagan <laughs> sends Superman to stop him because he's he's like not necessarily killing people, if I remember, but he's he's going a little overboard. And so there is a conflict in that graphic novel between Superman and Batman where so they fight. Batman's and so the, that's Batman's the violent one that needs to be stopped, though. Not yes, but because the graphic novel is Batman's graphic novel, when you're reading it, you're still rooting for Batman because you you know you get his inner monologue about what he's doing. He's still trying to save the city from this gang, 
you know, he's still trying to do good. He's just going overboard with his violence. Kind of like in Batman vs. Superman. He's branding, branding people and people. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. So, but you're still rooting for Batman, and Superman does come in as, like, a villain who's trying to stop your hero of whose comic you're reading. You know, so that's where that kind of came from, so. Okay. And, you know, uh, another cool, uh, one cool thing about the movie that I actually didn't know until my coworker mentioned it to me today when I told her I watched Batman vs. Superman, and she says, oh, you know, part of that was filmed right down the road. Um, Correct. Like it was one of the last movies filmed in Detroit. Well, no, literally, the scenes in the uh, Michigan, I should say. Well, the scenes in the Luther Manor, like what the scene where Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent meet, was filmed in a museum that is a half mile down the road from my office. Sweet. Yeah, it was one. <laughs> that's what I meant. It was one of the last movies filmed in Michigan. I should yeah. say under the under the tax credit before everything went away. Exactly. Until they decided we don't need jobs in Michigan. Right. Um, but no, I, and then I watched that scene again on YouTube while I was at work on lunch and it's like, I recognize that room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, it was really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of the scenes in Gotham and Metropolis were Detroit, which is cool. Yeah. I, I didn't know that before my yeah, coworker mentioned that. And I was like, I should have actually known that, but, mm-hmm. but anyway, so yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say. It's my number 10, so we'll keep it short. My number 10 is the Superman. The Superman's the Supers man who didn't have a good week because Krypton was canceled on sci-fi. Oh no. But that show's not very good. So that's okay. Okay. My number 10, it's not a CWDC show, so it's not good. No, it's just not good. (laughs) Or there's that. Um, So my number 10 is Dr. Hugo strange. Um, I looked at him. I saw him. Yeah, so this is another instance of it's, you know, all-encompassing, all his, just basically the character itself is why he's on my list, including all of his appearances, not just one specific iteration. Um, Hugo Strange is a really messed up Batman villain. Uh, He's a psychiatrist, doctor, who literally becomes obsessed with Batman. And it's notable because Hugo Strange was one of the first Batman villains to discover what Batman's secret identity is. He finds out it's Bruce Wayne. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's just creepy stuff where at one point he becomes so obsessed, he, he dresses like Batman to start trying to fight crime. And it's like he's almost like he's in love with Batman. Um, and he's a really good villain because his, he's very intelligent, but he's deranged. And so he's, he's done a lot of crazy stuff over the years. Um, I really liked him. He's the main villain of the second Batman Arkham games, uh, Arkham City. He's the main villain. He's really well done in that. Uh, kind of the same deal. He's a character that's kind of obsessed with control and kind of controlling Batman. Uh, and then they also play, uh, portrayed, used him in the TV show Gotham played by BD Wong. And he's really good. It's the same deal. They kind of the same, they kind of, they don't do the whole obsessed with Batman thing because Batman doesn't exist yet in that show. Right. Uh, but they definitely do the whole thing about he's this deranged doctor who's, who's experimenting on people and they kind of hint at his obsession, his obsessive kind of mind in the show to kind of lead to the the stuff you'd know in the comics and he's just a good character he's just i always thought he was one of the more creepier villains just the way he looks with that kind of amish beard and the bald head and he always had the glasses and they're always reflective in the comics you know yeah so i always really liked hugo strange and I've, I've just been i've seen just seeing the imagery like seeing like his featured picture on wikipedia is terrifying oh it's uh, creepy um and then i i haven't gotten there yet in gotham but seeing bd wong's mm-hmm. ima- the season- image of him I believe it's season two in. yeah yeah um for what i've seen so um you know ex- again excited to make it through gotham i yeah. should be I, I keep getting distracted and finding other shows and i watch like the first three episodes of a show and then i'm on to another show 
I actually need to sit down and watch one show through before I start 12 other shows. Yeah. Um, as long but, as you get to season two of Gotham, that that's when it really becomes what I love about that show. Right. And then yeah. beyond that too, right? Well, yes, you know, but it just needed to hit that point where they went, you know what, screw trying to be realistic We're a Batman and a show. realistic procedural crime drama. We're a Batman show. We're going to go full on into like the over the top, like Tim Burton ish, like Batman. And then, yeah. and they really hit it with Hugo Strange because he's a very strange villain. Yep. So, all right. Yeah. My number 10, Hugo Strange. Not really much more to say. I mean, I just think that's how it's going to go with this episode. We're just going to talk about what we like about him. But he's just such a deranged... He truly is one of the more disturbing Batman villains. And that's always why I kind of gravitated towards him. Whenever I would see him in the show or uh, or the video game, I was really happy when the game opens. And he's the first thing you see in here. I was like, oh, that's cool. Hugo Strange. I love the the top line, the first line on Wikipedia. Not to be confused with Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, no. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> Completely different character. One That's of them's right. crazy. That's right. <laughs> and one of them is Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay, so moving down to my number nine. Uh, my number nine, I, I usually like to preface stuff, but I just feel like we're in a lot of like punt territory on this episode, so I just feel like I'll say it and then get into why. Okay. So my number nine is Harley Quinn. Uh, I'm going to punt that one. That's what I figured, so... For those of you who don't know, when we punt something, that means Cody has Harley Quinn lower on his list, and we like to save our conversations uh, for our choices when they appear lower on the list. Give them more of their due when they're lower. So we'll save our talk of Harley Quinn until later. Cody, what's your number nine? My number nine, again, is um, one that I know very little, knew very little about coming in, and then I looked into their, their backstory, and I just love how the backstory works. So my number nine is Man Bat. Oh, God. <laughs> Probably only for the the origin story in mm-hmm. basically so he was trying to cure his deafness and turn himself into a bat. I don't Well Well He's not he's not trying to turn himself into a bat. No, he's trying to cure his deafness. <laughs> and, and and accidentally turns himself into a bat. And I mean as I'm as I'm um reading as I was reading this, the only thing I could think of to be one hundred percent honest with you was the amazing Spider Man and the lizard oh god yeah because it's, it's the same it's the same story you get a you get a mad scientist who's trying a crackpot dna merging theory and ends up turning themselves into the creature that they're using the dna from which i don't think that's how science works but <laughs> correct not. me if i'm wrong listeners <laughs> if <laughs> if i inject myself with bat blood will i turn into a bat and be able to have sonar in gotham city anything is possible exactly but honestly and it's it's ridiculous because of how it it truly is a a human-sized bat um and i i really have nothing else to say because it's it's just the ridiculous and i i love it and it's just (laughs) it's like man spider and spider-man man spider what i loved about what i love about man bat is he's He's a fun character because he's actually kind of a sympathetic character. Yeah. Or he's not out to kill. He's not out to cause crime. This is a man who's trying to cure something and ends up getting screwed over. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk a little later about another character like that. I'm sure um, we have a couple. And it's always been a reason why I like Man Bat. I mean, he's not on my list, but I, I you know, I, I've always liked him because of that reason. He's not a character who's necessarily out to do anything. He's just a giant Man Bat that's out just causing chaos because it, well, he's a monster now. He's a Frankenstein's monster. Um. 
He's but and, he's his own Frankenstein as well. Exactly. And I will say before we move on, um, it's not really have much more to say other than what I said, but he has one of my favorite moments in uh, the again. Like I said we're going to bring it up a lot in one of the Arkham games in the last one, Arkham Knight. So throughout the game, as you're flying around Gotham City, you hear like screeching and you see Mambat. But the first time you see him, you're gliding to a building using your grapnel and you grab it and you don't realize it, but it's become a cutscene. And when you start to pull yourself up onto the ledge, Manbat comes flying over the edge and screams, roars at you, screeches at you, and then flies away. I about threw my controller across the room. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I remember, like, absolutely losing my shit when that moment happened because you don't realize it's and it, 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 that it slowly worked its way to a cutscene because the game is so well made and so the animation's flawless and the graphics are great. That when it would go to a cutscene, you don't realize it because it, it's it just looks really great. Mm-hmm. And so when you grapple up to that ledge and Man Bat comes screeching over, the, I tr- seriously, I about threw my controller across the room. It was horrifying. In a game you don't expect something like that, you know. Right. So Cody just took a moment and watched the jump scare I'm talking about, and and he brought up a good point, and it's something I was talking about. Uh, you don't fight him throughout the game. You never actually fight Man Bat. When you encounter him later, like because that's not his thing. He's not out to like kill anybody or, or cause chaos. He's flying around the city. So your goal in that mission and throughout the game is to find him, jump above him, and then glide to him to get a sample of his blood. That's all you do. So then create an anti-serum, and then the last time, like the third or fourth time you do it, you heal him and you, you help him. Like, and I did you, see, you like, even in the comic, you, he, he, uh, Batman is the one that finds a cure for... Yeah. Yeah, like that's the fun thing about it is he's not a villain that's out to like do anything bad. He's just a man bat. <laughs> he's just a man bat, exactly. Exactly, just a man bat in a man's world. So, Cody, what's your uh, what's your number eight? My number eight is, um, I guess it's another one of those tragic characters. And I'm trying to think, like, why is it that when a scientist fails at an experiment, they just turn evil? <laughs> so, my number eight is. Is it Mr. Is it Dr. Mr. Freeze? Punt. Okay. I was wondering. I should write down something. I I was wondering if Mr. Freeze, where would Mr. Freeze would be on your list? Oh, yeah. And I have a big, I have a big bone to pick if you think Mr. Freeze turns evil. (laughs) We're going to have a discussion because he does not turn evil. Okay, moving on to my number eight, since I punted Mr. Freeze on Cody's. My number eight. (laughs) <laughs> and I have to say it like this. My number eight is Bane. <laughs> I resisted putting Bane on my list. <laughs> Bane is on my list for the character, not necessarily Tom Hardy's portrayal. Yeah, and I, um, I, I, I go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bane is a fun Batman villain to that, and an iconic Batman villain to that. He is one of the only Batman villains to have broken the Batman. And right uh, there is why he would have been on my list. Yes. The one man of who broke the, the bat. Yes. One of the more famous uh, Batman storylines is called Nightfall, which is it's a really good storyline, a comic arc. I've read it, and it's it's fantastic. Is where Bane figures out. So, so Bane was, uh, and he has a really good backstory, too. That's also kind of tragic. He His father was a criminal uh, in some country. I forgot which country it is. I don't even know if it's a real country. It might just be one of those fake ones. But it's like Spanish or Mexican, something down south, I think. And his father escapes from prison. And so basically, as retaliation against that, the government of that of that city 
takes his young infant or child son, which is Bane, and locks him away and says, you're going to serve out the rest of his sentence. So a child has to grow up in a prison. And so that kind of warps Bane into kind of like a, a criminal mastermind. He reads, he becomes very intelligent, he works out, becomes a, like a badass. But then they decide to do experiments that have killed everybody and using venom. And they decide, oh, decide, okay, let's try it on him. And they do, and it works, and that makes the Bane that we know, the very big, juiced-up, even more powerful version of who he was. And he wears the luchador mask, you know. And so eventually he breaks out of prison, and, and the storyline of Nightfall is he discovers who Batman is. He figures out Batman is Bruce Wayne. Spoiler alert, Batman is Bruce Wayne. And he goes to Bruce Wait Wayne. Goes, yes, that's right. It's not Clark Kent. He goes to Wayne Manor, and in one of the more famous moments in Batman comics history, he breaks the bat. He picks him up, and he breaks his back over his knee. And it is one of the more, like, what the? What? <laughs> I remember reading it, like, because I, I knew what Nightfall was, but, but still a moment where, like, holy crap, they just do that. And then he kind of takes over. He lets the inmates out of Arkham, a bunch of chaos ensues, and, and they kind of do that in The Dark Knight Rises, obviously, yeah. with Bane. He, he breaks the bat, and he takes over Gotham, and Batman has to go and work out and kind of come back. And Batman, um, in... in- rises he goes to the prison that bane grew up in right correct yes he locks him up in that prison in 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 that prison overseas and he has to get his way out of there kind of like bane did um so the dark knight rises is okay um bane tom hardy is is good like i i don't mind the characterization of bane i don't like the The, look compared to the animated and the the animated, I, I like the animated more because it's that's the way he looks. It's the luchador mask. It's the green venom tubes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind what they nece- I don't necessarily mind what they did with Dark Knight Rises with Bane because they were going more realistic and to have Tom Hardy, a white English guy, you know, <laughs> trying to wear a luchador mask, you know, it just would have looked goofy. I mean, it would have looked like Bane from Batman and Robin. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is a terrible version of Bane. Which we'll get into that. That's the one I was trying to think of. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't mind the look of Bane. I, I don't mind the, the, the way the mask looks. I think that's kind of, it's threatening looking. It is threatening. It's just the minute he opens his mouth, you're not threatened anymore. Because this big hulking guy walks up and it's, Hello, I'm going to kill you. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, stop talking. You're not menacing at all. Um, I, I applaud the choice because it is kind of unsettling. Like his voice is unsettling because you have this big guy and you got this voice coming out of him, but it's right. just awful. It's just too goofy. And the, I mean, the way it, it sounds so unnatural because they had to overdub it because they uh-huh. couldn't hear him. It's so loud. Yeah. But Bane is on my list because of the other versions of him. Like I just, he, he's in the Arkham games and he's fantastic. They go the very exaggerated, huge Bane, you know, where he's like, Almost like the Hulk, you know, that big. Um, I think Juggernaut. Exactly, or the Juggernaut. Like, I just love Bane because he is a very intelligent. Like, he's not, and that's the reason I hate him in Batman and Robin is because they turned him into just Poison muscle. Ivy's uh, muscle, and I hate that. He doesn't. He just goes Bane, and it's like that's not Bane. Bane is one of the most intelligent Batman villains, most cunning and intelligent Batman villains, and I hated that they did that. So I did like that they did kind of show that in Dark Knight Rises. He's a smart, cunning, intelligent guy. So they did do that correct. Um, but no, I just, I've always liked the character of Bane. I just think he's he's creepy. Uh, and they've done him really well in other stuff. Like the comics, obviously, and, and the games have been really good, too. Right. So my number eight is Bane. It is Bane. He is my number eight, Cody. What's your number? Or no, my number seven. What's your number seven? <laughs> so my number seven, <laughs> I'm going to say it the way I've always said it. But oh, I've heard it said many other ways. Or at least one other way, I should say. So my number seven is Ra's al Ghul, or Ra's al Ghul. That's my number six. Okay, so we'll talk about it now. Yep. Um, so Ra's al Ghul is what I've always called him. 
That's um, what I've always called it. But I know in the Arkham games and in uh, Gotham, they called him Raish. Which, you know, either way, I mean, I, I've heard it both ways and multitude of things. So I, I've just always called him Ra's al Ghul. It's Ra's al Ghul in, the Batman, in Batman Begins. Um, but I've always liked the character of Ra's al Ghul because he's uh, like 700 years old. <laughs> and I just think that's awesome that he's a character that was like an assassin that discovered a Lazarus pit that was able to bring him back from the dead over and over and Basically. over basically the fountain of youth exactly and i just love the idea that he runs the league of assassins you know this group of ninjas or assassins that you know what's cool about Razo ghul is he's not necessarily trying to take over the world a lot of the times in the comics his goal is just to bring balance you know like thanos uh, exactly he's trying to bring balance <laughs> to the force you know Wait a um, that's right uh, he's just trying to bring balance and stuff, so he's not necessarily a lot of times trying to cause like trying to cause uh, crime or like trying to break into a bank. And he's not robbing a bank or anything. He's just an assassin, and so a lot of times that's why Batman butts up against him is because it's oh you can't destroy like in uh, Batman Begins for example. I love Liam Neeson as Ra's al Ghul. Um, his goal isn't to steal any money. His goal is to destroy Gotham City because it's become too crime infested. And the only way to fix it is to destroy it. You know, and that's why Batman fights against him is because you can't just kill people or destroy shit, you know. So I've always liked Ra's al Ghul in that regard, and they do a really good job of them again. He's in Arkham City, the games, uh, and he's done really well in that. It, it's, it's a really cool storyline. Um, Cody, Ra's al Ghul. So um, you've touched on most of what I was going to say and, and then some, but one, one of the things that I was going to bring up is <laughs> I know you don't like this. I know Nick does not like this, but I like in Batman Begins how they made it more of a title passed down and he's not just immortal. I know they were going with the more realistic thing uh, with the whole, that whole series. Well, and, and hmm? Lazarus pit. Yeah. With the Lazarus pit. Re- instead of doing the Lazarus, pit. instead of doing the Lazarus pit. Yeah. Um, I, I like that they made it a title and it, it does, you know, fit into the realism a little more. Um, and then, yeah, I mean the, he's just the assassin. And as you were talking, I was realizing it's like, DC and Marvel just kind of copy each other all the time, don't they? How so? <laughs> he just wants to bring balance. Oh, well, I mean, I, not a lot, of, not all the time. Like Thanos, that's always his one goal. But a lot of times, Ra's al Ghul is, is bring balance or destroy something because it's become too corrupt. You know, I just use that phrasing for yeah. one specific instance. But a lot of times, Probably he's Jin not... wants to bring balance to the forest. Exactly. He's not out there just to rob a bank, Gotham City National Bank. You know what I mean? He, he's, he's doing things more on a larger scale, and that's why Batman butts up against him. And I saw, I will say, I've spelled it differently every time I've written it. I looked at the note on my phone, and I spelled it wrong. I wrote on my list, I spelled it another way wrong, and I just spelled it wrong again. I've got it right on mine, but... <laughs> I, I, did, I, I keep doing <laughs> ghoul and goal and... Yeah, it's G-H-U-L. Yeah, that's, that's all Google. there is to it. And he's in, um, he's in Gotham, too. They bring him in eventually, and he's, it's a really good uh, portrayal of him. Okay. Uh, he, he's done really well. And I, I've always liked the look of Ra's al Ghul. I always love, like, he's always got the gray on the side mm-hmm. in his hair, you know, and he's just always got the goatee. And they like really... Yeah, he looks just like that in the show, and they, they did a good job with that. And they have the Lazarus Pit and stuff, and it, it's, it's done really, really cool on Gotham. So they so. go the immortal way on Gotham? Oh, yeah, I told you. Gotham just completely throws realism out the window with season two. Okay. Yeah, no, they, they go completely, nope, we're going full-on Batman, yeah, you know, which I, I And I love, like, in, 
again, Batman Begins is probably my most exposure to Ra's al Ghul, is that he is the one that trained Batman. I don't know if that was the story in any of the other. So, uh, sometimes, yeah. There have been storylines where that is the case, where, where he went and trained with the League of Shadows. Yeah, and, I mean, to become the enemy, mm-hmm. you know. No, I mean, yeah. That's all. That's no. all I got to say. Oh, yeah, D. So, Bradley Baker played him in Arkham games. Yeah, no, he does a good job with him. Um, so yeah, my number seven and Cody's number six was Ra's al Ghul. Yep. Cody, what's your number seven? My number seven is one that I feel like I had heard of before, but it was com- completely blind going in. I was looking at this. Um, I'm going to pull up his page again real quick. Uh, so my number seven is the Ventriloquist. Hmm. This is one that, I mean, I had to have seen. I, I watched a lot of Batman the Animated Series when I was real little and don't, That's fantastic. don't remember any of it. But just seeing about the ventriloquist where um, I, he, it's an awesome thought process for, for a character in that he was the son of a big crime lord and didn't want to be a murderer, but he kind of has like a split personality and lives out the murderous side in his ventriloquist dummy. So really the ventriloquist dummy is the killer. But, yeah, no, it, it's it's mostly yeah the the split personality aspect of but it. But I I love the the idea where yeah he is acting out in the ventriloquist in in Scarface the dummy um, that and I love the look the it kind of reminds me of I don't remember the exact Muggsy and uh, yeah I, I know what you're talking yeah, about in the Looney Tunes uh, or Merry Melodies or whatever it is but the 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 tiny mafia guy and then the big goon um and i mean it, it's that look i it I, I don't know it's it just seems like a really interesting character and again i don't remember it at all in the uh in the uh animated series i but i know it's in there because of yep he's reading, in there. reading the the bio and reading just the the information about him but it's creepy it's yeah it's a very Again, I I just thought it was a very interesting take on on a bad guy. Is that yeah the dissociative personality living out in something that you can? I mean, you can't really place the blame on the dummy, but it it makes him at least feel like he's not the bad guy. Yeah, that he he he. What was fun about the ventriloquist is yeah, Arnold Wesker is not like the villain. I mean, he is obviously right, but because of that dissociative disorder, he lets the dummy do all the dirty work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, what I always loved about him is he's a very stereotypical like, gangster. Yeah. You know, Scarface is a very stereotypical, you know, meh, saying, you know. Um, and again, they did him on Gotham the final season, which was kind of cool. Uh, and they did I'm him excited pretty about much. That. Correct. Yeah, they pretty <laughs> much did him correct. It's the final season. He's in there for like, a couple episodes, but it's one of those like, oh, sweet, Ventriloquist uh, is on here. Um, he's one of the more oddball. I mean, Gotham, uh, Batman has had some real oddball villains. Mm-hmm. I always thought the Ventriloquist was right up there with like the polka dot man <laughs> or oh, the condiment five. king. Don't dig, the him, too, condiment don't dig him too king. much. The condiment king. Well, Nick just made fun of, of my number one. So no. <laughs> <laughs> who is one of my honorable mentions because it is just so bonkers out there. I love it. Um, but no, the Ventriloquist is, is a fun villain because he just, He's just so off the wall. You know what I mean? That's just this this little gangster ventriloquist dummy that this guy is, you know, all pinstripe suit and stuff. It's exactly. Just <laughs> so, yeah, so my, my number seven was the ventriloquist. Okay. So been down to year six, which was Ra's al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul. <laughs> Ray so, Ghoul. 
Ray Ghoul. That's right. Mr. Ghoul. Mr. R. Ghoul. Uh, moving down to my number six. Uh, for anyone who knows me, I love Halloween. Not the movies, which I do, but this, uh, the holiday. So, of course, my number six is the Scarecrow. Punt. Okay. <laughs> cool. I'm happy about that because I love this. I love me some Scarecrow, Cody. Okay. So, Cody, take it away. So, in the middle of every episode, we like to take a look at our box office draft. This is where we take all the movies that are coming out for the following weekend and take bids on them. Last week, we did not do a box office draft, so we missed a couple eh, medium releases. Um, because with Nick being sick, I could have just taken them all for myself, bid against nothing, but I'm not that kind of person. So, we did miss um, uh, a couple 47 big... 47 meters down. 47 meters down, Blinded by the Light, and mm-hmm. Good Boys. Um, and Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which looks a lot bigger than I thought it was at first um, from seeing it. I mean, it's still only $3 million in opening weekend. So, we did miss a handful, um, but continuing on from... The first week, we have The Kitchen, Art of Racing in the Rain, Dora, The Explorer, or Dora and the Lost City of Gold, and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which Nick bought the two latter ones, and I bought the two former ones. Right. those are That's the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, in total, I bid $10 million on the two that I made, or I bid, and have made so far $42 million, which is nothing nothing to to frown upon um, no not when, not when we just start not when we just you start know. but nick is already almost at double that with dora and the lost city of gold and scary stories to tell in the dark hitting 34 and 40 million giving him 79 million uh after yeah. his spending so looking at this week we have a couple big releases um we have ready or not releasing wednesday of all days and Angel Has Fallen, the third movie in the Olympus Has Fallen series, which I had completely missed. And as Nick and I were talking on our trip, it's like, how did I miss that there was another Gerard Butler Has Fallen movie? Um, I remember Olympus Has Fallen. I remembered London Has Fallen. I thought I had, at, that, at this point, I had thought I had missed it because when we were looking at our presidents, or looking at the lists for presidents, I saw Angel Has Fallen um, on there. And I was, did I miss this? No. It comes out this weekend. <laughs> Um, so those are the two big movies. Um, so I think starting with, I don't know which one of these is smaller. I know you don't like the has fallen. So let's start with angel has fallen. I was just going to say, that's probably why you didn't realize it was coming out because those movies are incredibly forgettable. Right. I liked Olympus has fallen. I haven't seen London has fallen. Um, I liked white house down. I don't think they made a sequel to that. I don't think so. They had talked about it, I think, but I don't think they ever actually did. But when White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen came out, like, two months apart from each other, <laughs> they were just kind of mm-hmm. blended it was together. The year, it was the year of the doubles. I think it was the same year we had uh, the two Snow White movies. Oh, yep. But, Cody, what'd you bid on Angel Has Fallen? On Angel Has Fallen, I conservatively bid $10 million. And I bid 8 It's all yours. All right. And then the... Family-friendly wedding thriller. Oh, this movie looks fun. Ready or not. Do you know the plot of this? It's... They get married and he has, they have to, you know, escape the in-laws, right? No. <laughs> so, based, kind of. So, th- this woman's marrying into this family and she finds out, I don't know if they've already gotten married or if they're about to, that uh, uh, tradition in their family is you have to partake in a game. 
this family apparently is known they're like a, a game company they've made like classic board games and stuff and so like they're obsessed with games uh and so she draws out of a hat the game hide or seek and what she discovers is if you're found you're dead so it's basically the family trying to find her and it's it's, it's a black comedy uh it's it's not just a straight horror thriller it's it's a black comedy it's got a tongue-in-cheek moment like it's it, it looks really funny and it's getting good reviews um I don't know how well it's going to do. It's another kind of small Blumhouse. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it's Blumhouse, but small little horror thriller. But uh, with it being a kind of a tongue in cheek, I, I think it looks fun as hell. It's Venison or Vincent. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, let's see. Vincent Pictures, Radio Silence, Mythology Entertainment, TSG oh, Entertainment, okay. Fox Searchlight. Oh, Fox I don't. Rec- I recognize okay. Fox, Fox Searchlight, and that's about it. <laughs> which is which is surprising that Disney's releasing it now. Right. So okay, Cody, what you bid on Ready or Not? Ready or Not? I bid ten million. And I've been eight. It's all yours. <laughs> I don't think either. Sadly, I don't, I don't think Ready or Not's going to do that well. And I don't think Angel has fallen either. So I thought, you know what? I'm saving my money. I think Angel has fallen. Everyone because loves it, Gerard Butler. comes out in a couple weeks. Yep. I figured as much. <laughs> so with that, our box office draft for eh, week two and a half is yeah. in the books. So moving on, we have our top five Batman villains that are not the Joker. Uh... We left off last with me punting Nick's number six, so we move on to Nick's number five. My number five. Now we're getting to the meat. Now we're getting to the meat, Cody. We're getting to the ones that it's that people are probably expecting. Yeah. At least at least for me. Uh, I don't know about your list. Um, yep. <laughs> but based off your punts, yes. Yep. Uh, so my number five is Mr. Oswald Cobblepot, the Penguin. It's my number four. Okay, let's talk about it. Um. I love the Penguin. The, the, the top five, really, other than my top two, which were kind of pretty much set in stone, my three, four, and five were all interchangeable and hard to kind of place. Um, but I love the Penguin. Uh, I guess we'll, I'll start with kind of some comics talk, because I know you're probably basing a lot of yours on the movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of comics, I've always loved the Penguin, because he's kind of the anti-Bruce Wayne. You know, he, he was a, a spoiled little rich kid who goes into a life of crime. And what I loved about the Penguin, when he started out, there was nothing really, like, penguin about him. He was just this short, fat little gangster, you know, who had a big nose. There, You know, th- he wasn't what Tim Burton did, which was, you know, he didn't have flippers or he anything like that. He turned him like into that. a penguin. Exactly. He, didn't, he turned him into a circus freak. He didn't have flippers. He was just this little short, fat guy with a big nose that had an affinity for birds. A lot of his crimes in the old comics when he first came around in, like, the 40s was he was always stealing bird stuff. Or stuff, okay. you know, like statues of birds and shit. Um, and eventually they kind of change his character around. And he, he's just always kind of been, you know, there's, there's his, his gimmick is just that he always had the umbrella. He had the monocle and he always had the big nose. Um, now, when Burgess Meredith played him in the Batman show, you know, he went full on goofy. You know, wah, 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 wah. he went penguiny. You know, right. he went full on penguin. Where that really wasn't the case. He didn't really do that a lot. He was just, like I said, he was just a short, fat little gangster dude who just called himself the penguin. Um, he was always had the top hat, and whatnot, and the umbrellas. Uh, but I've always liked exactly. I've always liked the penguin just because of that. That he, you know, I, I do love his more over the top shit, which we're gonna get to. Uh, but I've always liked the penguin for more of just like in the Arkham games. That's what he is. He doesn't have the flippers. He's not. He doesn't go. Wah, wah, wah. He's just a, a a gangster. He's just a gangster that run that, that runs crime some crime in Gotham. And he happens to have what's cool in the games is his monocle is the bottom of a bottle that that smashed into his face and and it's now stuck in his eye on his oh eye my. so that's his monocle 
Um, and end up Batman breaks his hand at one point, so his hand is bandaged up, so it looks like a flipper. You know what I mean? So they do those types of things, but he's he's there's nothing other other than that. There's really nothing Penguiny. It's just he's just this short, fat, bald gangster. You know that's why I always like about Penguin is he's he is one of the more comics wise, one of the more grounded Batman villains. But then when you get to the movies and TV shows, Cody, he turns into a full on bird. <laughs> Again, looking at Danny yeah. DeVito's portrayal, I mean, which I love. It, he has flippers. He legitimately is is a p- part penguin, which, again, wild and off the wall, but that's what Tim Burton does. And, I mean, it's it's not really... I mean, it's not really that wild thinking about how some of the other Batman villains go, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you, um, especially in the other Burton stuff. With you know, Definitely one of the first iterations of, I think, the Penguin to where they did go the more to the more literal sense. Right. And I, I've always loved the look of the Penguin, how he has that tuxedo. He always looks... He, he's a very well-dressed, fat little man. And... Yeah. Um, he's, he's, because he comes from a rich family. You know what I mean? Like, he's a rich... Yeah, he has the... You know, he's he's dressed to the nines. Yeah, he's um, a cobble pot. And I mean, I again, I'm still working through the first season um, of Gotham. I love Robin Lord Taylor's portrayal of him, even as the skinny, um, skinny he's guy fantastic. with a lip. And to, I mean, to be quote unquote killed. And I, I, I think my favorite scene so far has been like when the, when the when he when he's hitchhiking and the guys pick him up and he says that so one of them says. Anyone ever told you you look like a penguin when you walk? And, you know, that, that you know, calm, collected, no, no, I've never heard that before. And then brutally murder, murdering and mm-hmm. uh, flying off the handle. It's it, He's a wild character. Um, and, and he gets, I mean, fairly, yeah, deadly for, mm-hmm. and he, he's crazy. They're all crazy. But I, I, th- I think, yeah. He was just fun because he's one of the few Batman villains that's not really like he's not insane. A lot of the villains we talk about have a screw loose. Right. I can can say that he does in some cases. See, I don't think he does. He's just a gangster. You know what I mean? Like he's just a bad guy. Like Like, he's not. When he blows up, or was he? Wasn't he the one that blew up the store in Batman uh, Returns? Well, if you're going off of that, yes. I guess I'm talking about comics. If you're talking about the comics, that's why I always liked about Penguin. He's not one of the insane Batman villains. He's He's not insane dressing up like a bat like Hugo Strange. He's not insane like Harley Quinn, which we'll get to. Like, he's... He's just, I think they always call him, he's the gentleman of crime. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's always in a suit. He's always, you know, he runs the Iceberg Lounge, which is, is like, his, like, kind of, like, his hub, you know, which is in the games as well, which is cool. Um, But, yes, you know, if you get to Tim Burton's, he's insane. Like, he's kind of nuts. He's he's kind of, uh, they go the opposite. They kind of make him insane because he was discarded by, discarded by his family in this, in that instance. And that kind of drove him insane because he feels forgotten feels left out you know and whatnot he's got that chip on his shoulder um okay i really do like him in gotham robin lord taylor is one of the best parts of that show as the penguin and they do go full-on fat penguin in the final episode of the series which is fun they go full-on purple and black suit vest combo okay with the monocle and the long cigarette or the cigarette holder with the cigarette um and we we remiss if we didn't talk about umbrellas Yes. Uh, that's one of the best things about the penguin is his his like arsenal of peng- uh, umbrella weapons. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the different de- devices he has with his umbrellas. Like it was just such a fun iconic Batman character or villain. 
Mm-hmm. And I had never known the actual origin of why he always carried the umbrella. And looking at here, you know, his dad died of pneumonia because he went out without an umbrella. So his mom Correct. made him carry an umbrella. Yep. Got to have that umbrella, man. Just fantastic. It's just such a good... Bill Finger and Bob Kane were so smart when they created so many of these characters. And it's just it's just fantastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cody, anything else on uh, Oswald Cobblepot, the penguin? Nothing else on Oswald Penguin Cobblepot. So, Cody, what is your number five? So, my number five is a punt from earlier. My number five is Harleen Quinzel. Yeah. Or Harley Quinn. So, this is one of those characters that I I think I find the most interesting because this one did not source from the comics. This That's correct. The, the, the character was created for Batman the Animated Series, and then it stemmed out to become, you know, a full-on Batman character because... And I... I I think that's, you know, fascinating in and of itself. And I, I also like um, her backstory. She's, well, well the, the one... Just, go, well, just real quick, you know, yeah. she was only supposed to be a one-off episode. Oh, was she? It was supposed to be one episode. And she ended up being such a favorite, they brought her back. Okay, I did you not know, know yes, that. Yes, they created her for the show because they wanted to have more female characters on the show. But like I said, then she ended up being such a hit that they went, well, hell, let's let's keep her. And then, like you said, she's become one of the more well-known Batman villains, their characters. Right, for being one of the, the latest to be developed. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 92 or something like that. Yeah. 91, 92. Early 90s. Um, but, and then, yeah, her, her, her origin story is, I mean, basically her being a nurse and becoming corrupted by the Joker. Mm-hmm. Our, our omittal from this list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his, his crazy was so powerful that it totally rubbed off on her and she, you know, fell in love with him and becomes, you know, the, the, she becomes just as crazy as he is. She becomes just as crazy and it's, you know, the queen to his clown prince. So, I mean, it's, yeah. And it's, I don't know. I, I, I've liked Harley Quinn as a character. I I, I I like the goofy. I like the, the Mm -hmm. fun that. You know, it's she's a jester. I mean, then the look, the and how she acts. It's you know, she's fun, a Harlequin. Bouncy. Har- yeah, Harlequin. Exactly. I, I think what has made her endure all these years is she has one of the coolest, like most iconic outfits. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the Batman villains just come down to what they look like too. You know what I mean? Like they have such an iconic look to a lot of these characters. And I think she is really interesting because you know her original costume was that black and red jumpsuit uh just jester's jumpsuit exactly um and then of course her costume changed over the years Uh, her costume in the arkham games is different um but no she's always been fantastic and like you said it's just awesome that even so far as like 25 years ago we got a character that is one of the more famous characters out of that Mm -hmm. you know like a lot of these characters series (laughs) exactly a lot of these characters we're talking about yeah are like 75 years old 60 75 70 years old and they've endured which makes them awesome but the fact that you got a character created in a tv show who has went on to be one of the more famous characters is is awesome. Um, and as much as I don't enjoy Suicide Squad, at least the last half of it, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is probably the best part of that movie. Right. She's fantastic. To finally get Harley Quinn, a live-action Harley Quinn, on the big screen was awesome. And she's really good. That's why I'm excited for Birds of Prey. Because it's, it's the, or Birds of Prey or the whatever the subtitle is. Do you know the whole title? (laughs) The Incredible Emancipation of Harley Quinn or something stupid like that. Something like that, which I I thought they were making it more of an ensemble movie. But now seeing that, I'm kind of an, I don't know if I'm annoyed that they're like focused and they're making it a Harley Quinn movie and not an ensemble (laughs) Birds of Prey movie. I think it is an ensemble Birds of Prey movie, but obviously the, the big focus will be her. 
Right. She'll be the one that gets the most out of anybody. Um, but no, but her portrayal was fantastic. She, she nailed it. Uh, yes. Did they make her a sex pot? Exactly. That's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the short shorts and, and the t-shirt, you crop know, top. it wasn't a crop top. Her stomach was, was, no, her stomach was covered. Oh, okay. Um, it had just holes and shit in it. Um, but I mean, they've done, they've oversexualized Harley Quinn a lot in the comics. In the Arkham games, her costume is very oversexualized. Mm-hmm. Um, her assets hanging out and stuff. Uh, so I mean, that's they've always done that. It's always kind of what she's been. She's been that kind of, you know, Barbie doll, but a deranged Barbie lollipop doll. Lollipop chainsaw. Exactly, lollipop chainsaw. Well, it makes sense because it's the same. Tara Strong, who voiced her in the cartoon and the games, voices the girl in lollipop chainsaw. Okay. <laughs> I didn't um, know that. So that. That's why it sounds like her. Yeah, it's Tara Strong, which you got to give her credit. She's predominantly been the person that's voiced Harley Quinn. Uh, fr- well, she has from the start. She voiced her in the show, and then she's voiced her in the video games. She's awesome. Um, but I, I okay. really did like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn a lot. Um, so, no, Harley Quinn's fantastic. She's, she's a good, deranged character. It's another instance of a character that not necessarily has a tragic backstory. I mean, she does in terms of she was seduced by this sadistic guy. Uh, but then once she is, she's full on, I'm evil. Let's go cause some crime. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like some of the ones we're going to talk, uh, uh, or one we're going to talk about in a bit isn't that way. Uh, but I like that Harley Quinn started innocent and then became full on Mr. J let's go cause some chaos, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, Harley Quinn. My number five. So my number four, as I mentioned, was the penguin. So on to Nick's number four. <clears throat> so my number four is a character that goes from villain to hero to villain to hero to villain to hero. My number four is the Catwoman. Not on mm-hmm. my list. Really? I'm very surprised I, by I, that. I, considering I she's your to... number one female comic book character. <laughs> <laughs> because, so, as you say, hero to villain, hero to villain, I think of her more on the hero side. especially but you have in Superman. <laughs> 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 There goes your argument. <laughs> That's fine. All right. Um, I'm going to go back to my bag of chips. <laughs> <laughs> so as I said, my number four is Catwoman, Selena Kyle. Uh, but yes, she is a character that a lot of times, she, she's an antihero a lot. So she's definitely a villain. Like if you see pictures of Batman's rogue gallery, you do see Catwoman all the time. She's For always, sure. she's a Batman villain. Um, but there are a lot of times in the comics and shows and movies where she has had to help Batman because they do have a love-hate relationship and sometimes a very love relationship. Mm-hmm. They've been together in the comics, him and Selina Kyle. Um, that's what I've always liked about Catwoman is she is a character that one minute she is trying to steal something or, or, or you know, help herself. But when, you know, the chips are down, she's someone who loves the city and doesn't necessarily want to hurt anybody. I'm just going to steal something, you know, like in the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I was she, just about to say, when Dark Knight Rises, she starts out robbing Wayne herself. Manor. <laughs> yeah, she robs Wayne Manor. She's all about herself. She takes Batman to Bane when he gets his bat broken. Like, she's full on, like, bad and for herself. But then once she realizes what Bane is about to do, which is, like, potentially blow up a city mm-hmm. and kill a lot of people, she feels bad and helps Batman stop him in the end. And that is Catwoman. Like they, the Catwoman is probably the best part of the Dark Knight Rises. Anne Hathaway is fantastic as Catwoman. She's not my favorite Catwoman, but she is fantastic as a Catwoman. Um, because of that reason, that they did kind of nail the duality kind of nature of Catwoman, like I said, which is the kind of I'm bad, but I'm not going to hurt anybody. Um, but I've always really liked Catwoman. She's really good in the games. Uh, they introduce her in Arkham City, and then she's in Arkham Knight. But my favorite... I think we've talked before is Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. We have she is my before. 
Yeah, she is my favorite Catwoman. She's fantastic. She's a bad guy. Like, she will full-on kill. Like, Tim Burton went full-on. Like, she's bad in this. But, you know, like, like she doesn't necessarily help in the end. Like, she doesn't help stop the Penguin. Yes, she stops Christopher Walken, you know. <clears throat> but, like, she falls in love with Bruce. Selena Kyle does. You see that side of her, you know. And, and then they that, one of my favorite moments of that movie is when they're dancing. And it's the moment where Bruce and Selena figure out that, one is he's bat. she figures out he's batman and he figures out she's catwoman and there's a great line where she's still dancing with him and, and michelle Pfeiffer goes oh does this mean we have to start fighting <laughs> like i love that moment because that is catwoman like she's a character that like i love bruce wayne like i, I love batman i love sparring with him but like you know she's you're tragic not, in and of herself yeah but she's like i'm not gonna stop stealing this stuff you know i'm gonna go do it and that's right. what I've always liked about Catwoman. Um, same within the comics. It's always how she was. A lot of times it was kind of back and forth. And that's why she's always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with all that. It's Yeah. But, I, I mean, I see her more. I mean, yes, in Dark Knight Rises, she starts out as the bad guy but turns into good guy. Um, Gotham, she seems to be pretty much a good guy. Well, yeah. Good and, and, that, and that's kind of the same deal. In Gotham, she, like, helps Bruce a lot. But a lot of times she's off and for her own interest for her own which is yeah. which is catwoman which is and it's it's more neutral because she's against mm-hmm. she's against the same bad people that gordon is against but a lot of times she doesn't want to get involved right i mean yeah. she gets you know kidnapped by the candy man or whatever the characters were yeah i i i need to catch back up you do need to finish it, <laughs> finish it. so Sunday. yeah yep my number four is catwoman cody your number four was the penguin and I said that, so we're on to year number three. Oh, did we already do that? No. I get all confused when we have so many punts. I know. <clears throat> so my number three is a character of a dual nature. Mine too. My number three should have been number two. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm mad I didn't, but my number three is Two-Face. Mine too. So either, awesome. way we, either way we looked at it, we would have been talking about Two-Face right now. Exactly. Uh, so Two-Face, a.k.a. Harvey Dent, it has always been one of my favorite villains. I knew he was in my top five. Again, my three, four, and five probably could have been switched around, but I'm really happy with having him at my number three. Uh, I've always liked villains that have uh, a tragic story to them. Um, so I always liked that Harvey Dent was was Gotham's white knight. Mm-hmm. Um, just same within the movies. If you've seen the movies, you know, but it's pretty much the same story as the comics. You know, he, he was Harvey Dent was Gotham's district attorney. He was the white knight. He was cleaning up crime in Gotham. He was gonna he was working with Batman, and uh, a crime boss during a trial throws acid and it hits uh, Harvey Dent in the side of the face and burns completely burns uh, one side of his head. And because of this, it completely drives him insane. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and he has a coin that he always is flipping and uh it's it, it, one side's kind of scratched out or, or depending on what you're watching scratched or destroyed or whatever and that's kind of it's, it's always a double, his a double-headed coin exactly way. yes and he's always got uh he's always a mind of he always has two minds basically working against he's got harvey dent side which is the more logical side and then he's got the two-faced side which is your very murderous you know crime lord and they're always working with each other, you know, sometimes against each other. But a lot of times it's, you know, do I kill you? Well, let's flip the coin and find out. And I've always loved that about Two-Face. He's a character that's very methodical about what he's doing. And he's going to flip that coin and let's let luck decide what happens to you. And I just, I've loved that. I, I always love the look of Two-Face, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love the the look of him. Even, like, even the, 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 the uh, Dark Knight version. Um, yeah. I think they did really good. Um, I love cool. the Tommy Lee Jones version. Uh, for what yeah. it's worth, it was a good. Ver- it was still a. It, it was still cool. a good Two Face. 
yeah, he looks cool. Um, you know, I love the, the suit. Same same with, you know, even in the comics or the games. I have always, I mean, I, I would prefer if Tommy Lee Jones's character's suit was the white and black, which is usually how Two-Face is. Right. You know, it's always the white and black. Usually the, the Harvey Dent side is always the white. And the, the Two-Face side is always the black, you know, kind of destroyed, black, dirty. So I would have liked that if they would have did that instead of Tommy Lee Jones's. But his is still cool that they still went with the black and then just the really outrageous day glow. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I, I do like that, I mean... The story, <laughs> the story stays fairly consistent on every version. Oh yeah, um, burned acid by some crime faceless lord. crime lord. Right. Well, I mean, it might have been Falcone in the comics. I don't remember. Well, and it was the Joker more or less in Dark Knight. True. That's true. Um, but and I even like like the Batman the animated series where he's was he blue or purple? <laughs> he was like the, a, he was like a light bluish purple bad, or, or gray. Yeah, but no, it's a still hair. and I yeah, I've always loved the costume and I love the coin as you mm-hmm. as you mentioned and that if it comes up heads, he will let that person live. Yeah, oh absolutely. Um, he has that's, that's the Harvey Dent side of him. Yeah, he has the he still has the good, and I mean he's the good and the bad. He's the best of both worlds. That's right. Good um, Star Trek episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't have well. A, a, I mean, did, did he turn into Two Face in Batman nineteen eighty nine? I know he's in it. Uh, no, so in nineteen eighty nine's Batman, Harvey Dent's played by Billy D. Williams. Yeah, and he was assured if you take this part, we will be doing Two Face for a sequel, and you will be him. And then the second one came around. Tim Burton said, "You know, I don't think I want to do Two Face yet. Let's do uh, Penguin and Catwoman." And when the third one came around, the studio completely screwed him and went, yeah, we want a bigger name. So they cast Tommy Lee Jones, who had just won his Oscar for The Fugitive. So Billy D got screwed until the Lego Batman movie when Two-Face was voiced by Billy D. Williams. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Which was great. Like, that movie has so many good moments like that. And that was one of the best parts was like, yeah, Billy D. finally gets to play Two-Face. Okay. Um, but I love him in the Batman Arkham games. He's in, uh, I don't think he's, he's not in the first one, but he's in the second and third and he gets a really good moment in the second one where he, he's taken over the Gotham courthouse and half of it is completely destroyed, like burned and shit. And the <laughs> other side is pristine. You know, it's everything with him has to be that way. And I love that about Two-Face and I do love what they do with them in Dark Knight. Like, I love that look, that CG completely just burned, destroyed face. So, like in, like, in a series out. that. Yeah, like in a series that was always trying to go for realism, I very much appreciate that Christopher Nolan said, okay, well, I can't do Two-Face without doing the comic. And he really looked, that looks a lot like what Two-Face looks like with the teeth and everything. Otherwise, it would have just looked like Red Skull. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And I really love that they went full-on Two-Face for that comic. And I love Earth for that movie, and I love his story arc in that. It's great, you know, and he ends up trying to kill the people that caused Rachel's death. You know, Rachel, as he shouts. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, it's just, it's such a good portrayal of him like i said i just i love two-face they were going to do him in the old uh batman 66 show but they decided not to because they thought he would be too scary <laughs> oh jeez, i could see that. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. you know and with the face they... i mean i get it it'd be difficult to, to pull off it would have probably been exactly like tommy lee jones which was just be makeup on the left side yeah you know that's all they the did lip. with tommy lee jones they didn't have the cg for like they did for Dark Knight, you know. Um, but I would love to see another version of of, of Two Face. I, I I mean I I, I like the story arc in Dark Knight, but I wish they wouldn't have killed him. But I I like what I like the outcome of that. Right. Um, but I would have loved to see. I'd love to see another Batman movie do Two Face because he's just so great. So yeah, my number three, Two Face. Cody, your number three, Two Face. Cody, what's your number two? My number two is um, 
character that I'm really excited for in Gotham because I've <laughs> seen, you, you know, they tease him in the first season. So my number two is Edward Nigma or the Riddler. Uh, let's punt it. Punt it for a little bit. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's punt it. So, cause we're getting down there. So we're, we're getting down punt. there. So Nick, what's your number two? My number two, as we talk about it, is going to be nothing but puns. Because oh I'm going to send you to the Ice Age, Cody. My number two is Mr. Freeze. I'll say uh, he's evil. <laughs> no, he is not. He is so not. I will fight you. I just you. wanted to see it's your one reaction of the reasons, when I said no, It's one of the reasons I love Mr. Freeze. So he was my number one for a while until I decided to re- redo my list kind of and, and change some stuff. Um because, again, I love characters that have kind of a tragic backstory. So Mr. Freeze is a villain who is not a villain. So, yes. So, so for those of you who don't know Mr. Freeze, he was a scientist who uh, marries this woman and she ends up getting a really fatal disease. And there's no cure for it. So until he can find out how to save her, he freezes her. And during this experiment, he accidentally screws up and it causes him to become Mr. Freeze. So basically his body becomes subthermal and he has to wear this uh, suit that basically keeps him cold and keeps him alive. And what I love about Mr. Freeze, why I say he's not, I mean, he's a villain. Yes, he's a Batman villain. You will see him on a rogues gallery pictures. But what I love about him to make me, why he's not necessarily completely a villain is that Mr. Freeze isn't a villain out to cause chaos or steal stuff just for shits and giggles. Mr. Freeze is stealing stuff to sell it, to get money, to be able to continue his experiments, to save his wife. Uh, and that's why I've always loved about Mr. Freeze. He's, he's probably the most tragic Batman villain in the list. He's the uh, vulture. <laughs> yeah, but the vulture definitely had no... I mean, I guess Mr. Freeze would if he had to, but the vulture was definitely a little more... He was self-serving. His family wasn't in danger. True. He wasn't trying you know to what save I mean? anybody. Like, he just wanted money. Make ends meet. Exactly. He wanted to make ends meet. Mr. Freeze... His whole sole purpose is I'm trying to save Nora. And I love that. That it's a villain that is such a sad... <clears throat> um, his episode of the animated series, and I think they even did it with Batman uh, Sub-Zero, the movie, the animated movie, is such a touching, almost sad episode. So, like, you really feel bad for this guy because, like, he it's not his control, but he wants so much to save his wife, he will do anything he needs to. And if that means robbing a bank, I'm going to do it. So obviously he butts up against Batman all the time because he's he is causing he's doing crime you know he, he's he's being a criminal but it's not for self interest and I like that about him. Okay, I I can see the I can see the not evil part. Yeah, of it. Like yeah, not, he is trying no to just behind save his wife and he's trying to yeah he he's you know stealing for the you know stealing bread to feed his family. Yeah, like I said, there's no malice behind anything he does. But he's stealing stuff, and that's bad in Batman's exactly. eyes, and bad in the the world's eyes. And exactly. Just, but he's, yeah, he's a, he's still a villain. He's a criminal. Yeah, it's just going about it about it the wrong way. He's a criminal with a heart of gold or ice. <laughs> I will say this is one of the <laughs> villains. I mean, this was my number eight, so I don't have as much to add. Um, I've always liked all of the looks of Mister Freeze. Oh, I, I love the look of Mister Freeze. Um, from yeah, Arnold with like the full on predator suit. <laughs> Say what you will about like Arnold's portrayal. I find it hilarious and enjoy it. Oh, it's yeah. not good. It's not good. Uh, that movie sucks. Um, but Arnold is so unabashedly like just out over the top of that movie, and I love it. But his suit, honestly, his suit looks good. 
It like, really does. No, it really does. I, can, of, I can't say anything bad about the suit. Yeah. Like looking from the comics to the to the movie, like the suit, they kind of did a good job with. I would have preferred he had the dome, the helmet, yeah, the helmet dome, the domed helmet, because I always like that look. Plus, when he has the red goggles, it makes him look just really scary, you mm-hmm. know, where you just see the red eyes under the dome. But in terms of what the suit looks like and the way his freeze gun looks, like I love that. Like he looks cool, and that's one thing I love about Mister Freeze. I love his freeze weapons. I think it's a cool idea. He just he's freezing people, right? And I mean. <laughs> You're not sending me the cooler. I'm looking at one of the animated uh, versions, and his head is just an iceberg. I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Oh, I don't like that. No, I Um, But, like, even looking at the the original Batman look, um, Mm -hmm. the two different people that played him, one, I mean, one makes kind of looks like Jack Frost from Uh uh, Santa Claus, and the other one looks like, I mean... It, it's it's the blue which i mean that's that's the way you do it is it's a space suit it's a blue guy in a space suit that's really you're right talking look. about from from the original uh 66. batman the 66 yeah i think that's what i thought eli wallet played him in, in the original show which is fantastic they got eli wallet to play him which is but so funny they've had two people yeah because uh, they also had Otto Prem- preminger my favorite and version George of Sanders. him like yes i love they have a lot of them <laughs> yeah like i love uh like that stuff you know it's fun but one of my favorites is the animated series mm-hmm. i love his portrayal in the animated series i think he's voiced by let me see uh why are i not finding it michael and sarah was it Michael Ansar? Okay, I love, I love his portrayal of Mister Freeze. His voice—that's what I hear when I when I, if I read a comic with Mister Freeze. I hear him because okay. he had this very methodical voice, Batman. You know, like it was one of my favorite ways. Like I remember in the games, he played him in the game too, which is great. Like a Blowfield uh, kinda, kinda, but like this very—it's—it's it's almost robotic. Especially in the games, they add a little robotic tinge to it, twinge right. to it, because he's talking through the suit. So like, there's there's one of the best sequences in uh, Arkham City. So the Joker is sick in that game, and he's kidnapped Nora Freeze to make Mr. Freeze find a cure. And so through that game, you're helping Mr. Freeze, but at the end of that s- sequence with him, he decides he's going to kill Batman. You know, I don't need you. You're, you're not going to come between me and, and Nora. So there's a really tense uh, sequence in that game, boss battle, where you can't fight him face head on because he will kill you. Mr. Freeze is a powerhouse. He's got that gun. He'll kill you. So you have to basically sneak up on him and do all these sneak attacks on him without him knowing it. And it's really a tense moment because he's every step he takes is very metallic and, and you just hear him talking. Where are you at, Batman? You can't hide. And it's just, it's so unsettling. And <laughs> like, and all you see is just the red lights and the helmet. Like, it's just, it's fantastic. They did him so well in that game. And then even in Arkham uh, Knight, uh, the, one of the DLCs is a Mr. Freeze level. And basically you go to him to see what's going on. There's people are trying to kill him. And he actually, you're, he's not a bad guy at all in that one. You're, you help him go save Nora. Cause she's been kidnapped and you help him fight. You fight alongside him at the end. Oh wow. Like it's, uh, it's fantastic. Like it's no reason I love Mr. Freeze. Like, he's like, I say, he's my number two because he's just such a fun. He's a fun idea for a kill of uh, killer uh, idea for a villain. But like I said, I just love the tragic nature to him that he, he's not a villain for any reason other than I want to save my wife. Um, they did Mr. Freeze on Gotham. I'm iffy on it. Okay. Mostly for the fact they screw up and call him Victor Freiss, which is stupid because it's Freeze. That's the whole joke. Is yeah. his name is pronounced Freeze, so it works. It's very on the nose. 
So it just kind of pissed me off. And they don't do the blue. His hair turns blue and his eyes turn blue. And uh, towards the end of the series, they do give him like the full on uh, suit without, I don't remember if he has the helmet, but he's got the full on, you know, uh, suit, which is really cool. So I like that. Uh, but no, I just, I love Mr. Freeze a lot. He's, he's, you know, he said he was my number one on my list for a while. Cause Maybe I that's just, what I'll be for oh, Halloween this year. Yeah. Cause I just, I love Mr. Freeze and I just love the look, you know, every, every iteration. I just, I love the look and, and the story as bad as Arnold's is. They still give him the story of he's, he's stealing shit to save his wife. You know, even one of the best moments in that movie. There are a few is when, uh, Poison Ivy disables the thing and and almost kills Nora. And you see he's really pissed about that mm-hmm. because, yeah, that's the sole yeah. purpose behind everything Mr. Freeze does is I'm saving my wife. I'm laughing because I know you said how, like, the voice was very, like, methodical and robotic. And I'm mm-hmm. looking through some of the portrayals and I see in Brave and the Bold, he's voiced by John DiMaggio. I can't imagine how that sounds. <laughs> oh, God. He doesn't do a lot of different voice. He doesn't. No, not really. Different, It'd but... be Bender coming out of him. Exactly. But anyway, so <coughs> your number two, Doctor Mister Fries. Oh God. <laughs> okay, so my number one or your number one? Um, let's. Well, which one do you want to talk about more? I mean, I we both don't matter. They're both punts from earlier. Um, so I mean, I, it would let's, be let's your do, turn. Let's do let's do yours because I think mine. he's. He, it's your number one. It's my number six, six, but he's he's not as big as I think the one the other one. No, okay, yeah, I, I I completely agree. He's not as a big of a villain. And again, I didn't know much about the Scarecrow before. So the Scarecrow is Cody's number one. It's my number six. So I didn't know that much about the Scarecrow <laughs> before, um, the the Batman Begins and the the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight trilogy, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think honestly, uh. Killian Murphy's portrayal of him is what sold me because um, he's this creepy doctor. Um, he's got this awesome look. I love the that his his fuel is fear. He mm-hmm. he basically injects or distributes or gets this toxin out there that makes people experience or see like their deepest fears. And honestly, I that. That's a terrifying thought. I think I've talked about scare. I feel like I've talked about Scarecrow in a past episode about how powerful of a villain this guy really is because you he's he's basically throwing at you what is you are most scared of. And like I've actually I've actually seen clips of people playing the game of oh he's awesome the, the fight he's with the, the villain Arkham in Arkham game. Knight. Uh, which I mean, you. Oh, you're, you're talking about you talking about the first one where I, you're hiding from him. I don't know if it's where you're hiding from him, or it's where you're fighting a giant of him. Yeah, so that's his that's his appearance in Arkham Asylum. That was the okay. first time you get him, and yeah, the 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 thing is, you've been sprayed with his, his fear toxin, and so yeah, there's like a giant version of him. You're like in you're like you're in your mind, and yeah, you basically have to crouch around to get to this uh to a bat signal to hit him with. Right. You don't actually like fight Jonathan Crane at all in the game in that one, but he's the main villain of Arkham Knight. Um, but so another looking at the, um, looking at him as a character, I mean, he has one of like the most basic looks. I mean, he just looks like a, a scarecrow. He's got the bat. I mean, looking at the Dark Knight trilogy, he's just wearing a suit and has the bag over his head. In other adaptations, he does have like the baggy scarecrow clothes tied around. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a pretty simple look for a villain. Um, but again, that the whole thing with the fear toxin and um, you know putting it in Gotham's water to get everybody freaking out. 
Um, it's a, I, I feel like he's one of the more powerful Batman villains with what he has in his arsenal is just fear. I don't know if, I mean that, I don't know how much water that argument holds. Um, but let's hope the water isn't contaminated. No, oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, again, and then, then like even looking at Jonathan Crane, not as the scarecrow, he's wicked smart. He's, mm-hmm. um, he's coy. He's cunning. He's got a sense of humor to him in what the portrayals that I've seen. Um, but then when he goes scarecrow, it he kind of completely changes, and he's you know. Again, like from looking at the the scene from the game, he's I don't know all out. He he strikes the fear, and you have to fight him. Mm-hmm. I as I said when I brought him up earlier, I love Halloween, mm-hmm. so he's like such a full on Halloween villain. Um, right. I love the look. I love all the looks of the Scarecrow. He's always he's very spooky. He's always scary. He's a scary Batman villain. His whole thing is fear. My love, you know, yeah, he, he said he's he's Jonathan Crane. He's a a guy who was obsessed with fear and what fear does and gets a job at Arkham Asylum and basically has unlimited uh, test subjects, you know, mm-hmm. and then ends up becoming a villain who fights against Batman because he uses that fear toxin to then get what he needs to, to you know, steal and, and whatnot and cause chaos. Um, so he's always been a fun villain for that. I just love, the, like you said, the idea of that, that the fear and, you know, that's when you kind of get, he's the horror villain of yeah. Batman, you know. And I always like that. I love the Scarecrow look. Yeah, in Arkham Asylum, those are one of the most tense moments of that game uh, when you are crouching around and Scarecrow is looking for you. Like, that is really creepy. Um, but it's not until Arkham Knight when he becomes the main villain of that game that he's completely changed. Like, in that first game, his voice is like this high-pitched, you know, hello, Batman, you know. And in that third game, he's voiced by Lord Denethor from Return of the King. Oh, it's uh, John Noble from the show Fringe. He has a very deep British yeah. accent. And, and he voices him, and he's awesome as the scarecrow he's so good and they turn him into a more a much more scary menacing villain i love the look of him in the games where he's got the syringes on his on his hands so he can stab you and inject you with the fear toxin and and by that point at the end of the first game he gets attacked by killer croc so that's why in arkham knight his his mask is ripped a little and you can see his face is like just completely almost like torn away you know like it's, it's a real creepy look um and he's just awesome. And I again, I like you said, I love him in Batman Begins. Killian Murphy is a really fun scarecrow. I wish he was the main villain because I'd like to get a lot of scarecrow. I think I think it'd be fun they did a Batman movie and make him the main villain. I think you get a lot of fun out of a, a full movie of the scarecrow as the villain. Um, but it was cool getting him because you, he is a more grounded character. He does not over the top, nor there's nothing really supernatural about him. It's just a guy who created a fear toxin. They they did him on uh, again. They did him on Gotham, and they did a pretty good job with him. He's he's pretty good on that. Uh, he looks cool. They they did a good job with the backstory. He uses the fear toxin. Um, what's cool is uh, even on um, the crossover event this year on the CW superhero shows, there was a part where they had to fight at Arkham Asylum. They ended up having to go to Gotham. It was kind of where they were introducing the new Batgirl show. <clears throat> and while they're at uh, Arkham Asylum, I don't remember which two characters it were or it was, but they were in a room and all of a sudden they knocked something over and it sprayed gas on their faces. Oh, no. They start fighting each other because they see their fear and they come in and they look and the bottle says, uh, Dr. Crane, D crane or Dr. Crane fear toxin or something like that. So like they introduced, yeah, scarecrow's out there. That's why I'm excited for the new Batgirl show. I, I'm wondering if we'll get those Batman more rogue, there, you know? more rogue gallery. Yeah. yeah. Just like, just like the fun of Gotham was each week, which rogues gallery villain are we going to get? You know? So no, I love the scarecrow. I love the horror aspect behind him. He's just, he's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And my number one, I, I really like scarecrow. <laughs> Yeah, he's cool. 
He's he's really badass. But anything else on the scarecrow? No, nothing else to add on the scarecrow. So on to next number right, one, we'll, which is a punt from so just my, a little bit ago. Yeah. So my number one uh, was my number two for a while <laughs> <laughs> until I really sat and thought, who's the villain I've said for years? If I ever became like a big actor and they came to me and said, we want you to play a Batman villain. You get to choose who you want to be. This was always the character I picked. He was always one of my favorites, uh, even from growing up. Uh, my number one is the Riddler. Uh, there's just something about that character. And honestly, I, I could be a little tainted by growing up. My favorite actor was Jim Carrey. Exactly. Yeah. Was It was Jim Carrey. I, I, I'm a comedy person. It's what I want to do with my life. I love comedy, anything comedy. And Jim Carrey was my favorite actor growing up. So when he was in Batman Forever and he played the Riddler, now removed from it to where I still love Jim Carrey, but I'm now a, a movie critic and love stuff. I see that his portrayal is not great. The character is really <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but I still enjoy it. But I think that's maybe why I've grown up to, the, to make the Riddler my number one. I love that Edward Nigma. he's an enigma. Um, mm-hmm. he's this very intelligent guy who loves puzzles and, and I love his backstory. You know, he like, he was in a contest at school and, and cheated and used that to his advantage. Like that's such the, that's so the Riddler. And he ended up turning to a life of crime and decided, you know what? The Cape Crusader is probably my greatest intellectual foe. I'm going to try and trip him up at any, at any chance I can. And that's what I love about the Riddler is his goal is to, to cause crime and steal shit. But it's also, I want to beat the Dark Knight because no one is intellectually superior to me. And of course, that's always what his undoing is, is Batman is much smarter than he is and beats him. And it causes him great pain. Um, and what I love about the Riddler is he's, he's a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And I've always liked that idea for a villain, that he's a massive narcissist who, you can't beat me. I'm the superior being, you know, and I just, I love the idea for a villain that he's just like, he thinks he's the smartest man in the room and gets infuriated when he's proven wrong by Batman. And I love that. And I always love the idea of the, the riddles, you know, and, and, you know, I, I've always loved the look of the Riddler. It's always got the green suit with the black question marks. I love that. Right. And I mean, um, I, I like the, the green like suit suit as well. Not the jumpsuit. No, that, that's the what I'm actual... talking about. Not, oh, you... No, the jumpsuit is goofy looking. Okay. The no, I've always is... preferred. I've always preferred the suit. The suit. I know they did okay. the jumpsuit in the old. Uh, um, Frank Gorshin played him in in the '66 show, and I, I yeah. love Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. He always wore like the the green leotard with the the pink, the pink uh, uh, like underwear. <laughs> yeah. No, I I always prefer the suit Riddler. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. But no, I, I honestly, Jim Carrey's not bad. Like, it's fun. He's goofy. He's hammered up. But Jim Carrey would be a better Joker. Like, he's basically playing Joker. Um, but he did a good job with the whole kind of subplot of, again, of I'm smarter than Batman. Then at the end, when he gets bested and he just loses his mind over it, right. you know. Um, I am, in the first Arkham game, you only hear the Riddler. You never see him. And then the second game is when you actually see him. You fight him at the end, kind of. And then you fight him in a third one as well. And the whole point in the games is you're trying to find his riddles. You're trying to solve his riddles during the course of the game. He's always a side uh, side story. And uh, it's always fun. You have to collect little Riddler trophies and stuff. And when you collect them all, then you get to fight him. They're kind of a side story. And it's though. again, exactly. It's, it's, it's a side story in the game. It's not the main mission. But in, eventually you do get to fight him in, in two and three. And he's always in your ear talking. And it's always, you know, you can't beat me, Dark Knight. Because I know I'm superior. And we both know I'm superior. You know, he's just, he's so much fun. I love that. That's why I love the Riddler. Cody? Yeah. And I, I love the Riddler. I love the riddles. Um, and I love like what I've seen when, when, where I am in Gotham, he's not the Riddler yet. He's awesome. He is Doctor Nigma still. He's yeah. the the mortician or the mortician. Yeah, 
Um, and he's uh, always... he's the forensics. No, he's the forensics. Okay. Forensics, yeah, not not the morgue. Um, so yeah, every clue that he comes or everything that he finds, he gives them a riddle to you know, and then you know they yell at him, and I'm sure that's what eventually turns him into the Riddler, is basically being punished or pushed out of the police station. I don't know. I'm not in there yet. But yeah, kind of. I mean, kind of. I mean, you're getting there a little bit, but it's more he discovers kind of like that. <clears throat> He, he can go do shit and, and cause stuff without them knowing because he thinks he's smarter. Okay. And there's a little bit of a split personality there, kind of, that they bring into it. Right. Um, but, again, I, always, he's I love the look. I love the green suit. I, I'm okay with the jumpsuit. I like the jumpsuit. I like the, the question mark. Uh, like, everything he has. It's like, he has the question mark staff in some. He has the question mark cane in a lot. I love the question mark cane. It's so cool. Uh, and, I mean, he's always, yeah, it's... I, I remember seeing like just clips of the Batman 66 of the 60s Batman with Adam West where he's trying to solve the Riddler's mm-hmm. puzzles and it's uh it, it's always just tons of fun. He's he's one of those fun villains. Um he and he's you know he's truly twisted. He's, he's truly like crazy and narcissistic he's, he's, and he's fun in that stuff like in Jim Carrey's and Frank Gorshin 66. But the Riddler in the comics, and you'll see in Gotham, and even even in the Arkham games, he's a dangerous psychopath. Okay. Yeah, in Gotham, he murders quite a few people. And even in the Arkham games, like, he says a few things that it's like, this guy, and even in comics, like, when you got to later Riddler, like, 80s to now, like, he's a full-on sociopath. Like, he will have no problem, like, I'm going to kill you if I have to. Like, he's he's a psychopath. Like, he, he The more fun version was, yeah, back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, the Batman show, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's a full-on, like, he's no, he's a dangerous bat. He's one of the more dangerous Batman villains because he is so insane about how smart he thinks he is. Okay. All right. But yeah. again, I just, I love the look of him. He's just fun. Okay. Yeah, and I, I the look, the, and I love puzzles, and I, I love riddles, mm-hmm. and... I mean, even and they they do go full on. Oh, go ahead. I say even if like even with the riddles, I don't know if, how dark they get, but I, I like riddles. Riddles are fun. Yeah, and they do go full on Riddler in the show. Okay. Like he eventually does get the full on green suit with the bowler hat, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, they they do eventually embrace the iconography of the Joker or the, the Joker of the Riddler, of the Riddler, and it's fantastic. So I don't really have much more to say on the Riddler, do you? No, me neither. So on um, our number our, zero, the Joker. No. <laughs> the Joker, exactly. We've talked ad nauseum about the Joker before. He's just he's fantastic. <laughs> but do you have any honorable mentions? I wanted to mention the Condiment King. Because why the hell not? He's the Condiment King. I like the Mad Hatter. Uh he's a character that's obsessed with Alice in Wonderland. Um they do him I really love him in in, in, in the games, it's Peter McNichol and he's fun. But I love the Mad Hatter in the show when you get to Gotham. He's fantastic because it's all about mind control and hypnosis, and he's 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 done really well on the show. Uh, and then my other one would be the Phantasm, which was from Batman: The Mask of Phantasm, which was the movie, the first movie they did, uh, a spinoff of the animated series, and it's yep. it's really a good character. He's, he's creepy. I should say she's creepy. Spoiler alert. Um, no, I have to say if I have honorable mentions, I'd have to say um, Falcone. He's just the big crime boss. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the more grounded crime lord. And, um. I already mentioned Man Bat, the whole League of Assassins, really. Mm-hmm. Um, was Killer Croc I like, I like Batman? Kill, yeah, Killer Croc's a fun one. <laughs> Clayface is a fun one. Clayface, you know. Um, so they, 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 Batman is like the Spider-Man of DC, where he has the best villains. It, 
yeah, really. <laughs> I'm just looking at looking through the list dark knight an evil clone of alfred <laughs> oh god yeah the red hood I, I struggled with putting the red hood on my list which i didn't um the red hood so batman has went through many J, uh, uh robins over the years and one of them was jason todd and he was kind of a more uh violent robin where he was kind of more of an asshole <laughs> okay and uh they actually fans hated him so they put a poll in the back of one of the comics and had a 1-800 number and you could call the number and you push one for yes or two for no. And the question was, should we kill off Jason Todd? And it was overwhelmingly yes. So they did a story arc where the Joker murders Jason Todd by beating him to death with a crowbar. Oh my. <clears throat> well, the storyline eventually came to the point where he wasn't, uh, uh, Ra's al Ghul found him and brought him back to life with the Lazarus pit. And so, Jason Todd slowly became pissed off and angry at the idea that if Batman wouldn't, if Batman was always about not killing, because that's always Batman's thing, he doesn't want to kill. He never kills the Joker, he doesn't kill any of these people. Jason Todd got so pissed off to the fact that if he wouldn't have stuck by that creed, I, I, would, I wouldn't have died. The Joker wouldn't have been here to kill me. So he gets angry about it. He becomes the Red Hood, which is like a vigilante. And, and a lot of times, you know, he was a villain at first because it, he was this guy that comes to Gotham to fight crime, but he's killing people because he thinks Batman's wrong by sticking by that creed but he helps batman a lot of times so he kind of come, in, come he kind of became an anti-hero that's why i didn't put him on my list but the red hood would probably be on my honorable mentions okay i had never heard of that side story mm -hmm. um yeah it's really interesting that but, like fans hated him so they just killed him off oh wow and <laughs> maybe they were just kind of coming back and saying fans hated him that much that they brought him back and i, I thought you were going to say they got mad at the, they broke the fourth wall and the character got mad at the fans <laughs> no, 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 nope. But, but yeah, there's just so many good Batman villains yeah. and fun ones. Like I said the con the Condiment King or the Calendar Man. And I mean, I was just looking through and oh, I uh, I, I would add Victor Zaz to my list too. He's he's just a, one of the more deranged cyclones who carves a slice on him in, with a knife for every kill he gets. So his body is just covered in in, in scars. Oh, jeez. He's in the Gotham show too, and he's he's done really well on there. Um, but yeah, Victor Zaz is just a complete psycho. He's he's awesome. I I had never heard of like I'm just scrolling through and just finding some weird ones like Humpty Dumpty. Uh, obsessed <laughs> yeah. with putting broken things back together, thinking she was broken, yeah. dismembered, and reassembled his abusive grandmother. Oh yeah, there there's a rabbit hole you could go down of just completely insane Batman villains. Kite Man. Yep, Kite, Kite Man. Kite weapons. Yep, Kite Man, Condiment King, the Polka Dot Man. Lex Luthor, what kind of name is that? <clears throat> I have no idea. <laughs> Cody, anything else on the Batman no, villains? Nothing else on the Batman villains. I think it's about time we wrap this one up. I know All right, we're, so... We're, we've, we haven't talked to each other in a couple weeks, so it's, we had to, we <laughs> yeah, had to exactly. go along. Exactly, that's fine by me. Batman villains is a fun week. Uh, hopefully you've enjoyed our list of Batman villains. As we say every week, if you could pop over to our Facebook, Get Rank Movie Podcast on Facebook, let us know what you thought of our list. Did you like our list? Who would you put on your list of the top ten Batman villains that are not the Joker? Uh, do you like our list? What didn't you like about our list? Just let us know. We like engaging with you. We have a Twitter page that we don't go to. Uh, you can go to our website, GetRankMoviePodcast.com. There's a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, we have a store now. You can go get some merch. We have some cool stuff on there. I know Cody's still working on some new stuff. He's always going to be updating that. So head on over there and buy some stuff, help support the show and, and help show the world that you like our show. Uh, as I say a lot, if you could share this with a friend, a family member, a coworker, share this with someone this week, let's grow the show even more than it already is. Cody has some ads now. Get ranked a movie podcast would not be possible without DigitalOcean. 
all of our episodes are hosted there. Our website is hosted there. You can get a $60 account credit by using the link at the top of our website or going to getrankedmoviepodcast.com slash digitalocean. Dynadot. Get your .com, .org, .net, .whatever. You can get a small account credit if you use the link at the top of getrankedmoviepodcast.com or go to getrankedmoviepodcast.com slash Dynadot. Funko. Get 10% off your entire order when you use the link at GetRankedMoviePodcast.com or go to GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Funko and enter offer code SHOP10. Blue Apron. Skip the store. Get fresh ingredients delivered straight to your home. Get $60 off your first three boxes when you use the link at GetRankedMoviePodcast.com or enter GetRankedMoviePodcast.com slash Blue Apron. All right, so those are the ads, as you listen to usually every week, hopefully. So now, Cody, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube as Marconi Mamba, um, or Facebook as Cody Ketchum. You can find me on Twitter as The Great Hair, or you can find me on Facebook as Nick Hair. Um, so I think that's it for this week. As we said before, we are planning on doing a live commentary of uh, the 2018 Halloween from last year. Um, I was hoping you forgot for about that. Nope, stay tuned for that in the next few weeks, hopefully. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so, I think that wraps up our show for this week. So, for Get Ranked Movie Podcast, I am Nick. And I'm Cody. We'll see you next time. music and movie clips included in this podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of the movies discussed and no infringement is intended. Get Ranked a Movie Podcast, Episode 29, Batman Villains.